Welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast. We got a good one today. We're expecting Granddaddy IU to pull up on us so we could build with him. What's good? How you doing? What's going on, Killer? Hey, Raya, how are you? Welcome, welcome. Let's get an invite. How, how was your day, man? Day was all right. Nothing to complain, complain about. Yo, I do much. We got it. This this going to be a dope interview, man. This is somebody I've been interested in building with for a long time. Having a really? conversation where, yeah, this is a brother that to me is like one of the most underrated lyricists in hip hop that put together a classic first album also, but didn't necessarily get like the full push that they needed from Cold Chilling Records. Talk I, about it, bro. I, uh, Talk about it, bro. Yeah. I, I have a story leaving high school. I think with my man, Big Will, <clears throat> going to the record shop. They go buy the drum. I'm like, big dad, hold on. It's another daddy out there? Mm-hmm. We copped it. We went to his crib on his, on his parents' record player. Imagine that. Wow. And we listened to the whole joint and was blown away like, yo, this kid is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just like he he can he can, he can can really rob. He sound like we were saying, yo, he robbed better than most people, sir. Most people who were out there. We talking about 88, 89, I think, at the time. Cause I was definitely still in high school, son. I th- Granddaddy, I, I never forget that name, baby. I think the album. I think the, I feel like the album may have came out in ninety. I'm not. I'm not certain. I feel like it, but I knew that I, it was. It was so much potential for Cold Chilling. Cold Chilling was on the decline, and he came in, and I was like, damn. Yeah, he swooped in. He swooped in, but thank God, you know. I guess Biz at the time had something going on, or was linked with somebody that somebody that I you knew. And that's how it kind of it kind of meshed together, and um, but I'm telling you, man, the 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 magic that came out of that, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask him is, did he produce that album? Sure, he sure did. Well, let's let's let's, let's we'll get we gonna let's, let's, leave, let's, leave, let's leave that to to what he gets here, right? Yeah, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna get to that, but a lot a lot of great stories, a lot of good hip hop history, um. Like a, a t- he's a wise dude, son. I, c- I can tell in his vernacular, man, just listening to him, especially in his rhymes, man, he's a very wise fellow, bro. He's very intelligent, man. I like to pick his brain about a couple things. So, Roger, can you tell him to come into the room and then I'll pull him in through the room? Because it's saying, for some reason, it's saying he's unable to join. So, let's get him into the room. Let's see if we could get him into the room. And then we get him into the room. We should be able to pull him in. Let's see. Are most of the kids in favor? Are most of the kids? See, we get him into the room. All right. Send him an invite again. How was your day, man? It was good. It was good. Yeah. 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 It was. It was good. For, for a manic Monday. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. And the weather wasn't that bad either. Like, I thought that they said that it was going to be really cold. It wasn't that cold. Did, did everything – I see um, um, yesterday got rescheduled. Did everything get rescheduled? Yeah. Or it got postponed? Postponed. Got yeah. Postponed. For everybody tuning in, we're supposed to have an interview with um, New York City Bronx basketball hoops legend Kareem Reed, the No Ideas Original Sports Podcast team, was going to interview him. He had to postpone it, so we're going to be doing that, premiering that at a later date. All right, there you go, right there. Let's get him in. Get him in here. Get the good brother in here. All right, sent the request. Says, yo, for some reason it's saying that you're unable to join us. Wow. Saying that he's unable to, I'm going to send it again. Send it again. Does he have to be, he doesn't have to be, um, yo, 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 I see you. I see you, son. Shout out to you, good bro. There you go. Yo, yo. Hey. There you go. What's up, bro? How you doing? Chilling. What up, OG? Ain't shit. Chilling. Same fight, different round. You know what it is. That's it. Yo, <laughs> I keep fighting, Lord. Yo, you <laughs> missed you missed us. You missed us giving you your flowers. We started a pre-interview before you even came on. <laughs> praising your lyricism and praising your work, brother. So now that you're on camera, Appreciate we gotta it. give it up with you. You know, yeah. you in the flesh and build with you and just say say to you, salute, man. Like, yo, you put in a lot of work. And you don't get, in my opinion, you don't get the recognition that you deserve for your lyrics. Yeah. Never did. Yeah. I, I, I hear that shit a lot, though. That's whack. And that's whack. Because you, yo, bro, grow, growing up listening to you almost made me think I could rhyme. Like, and he's doing this shit effortlessly. Yeah. Like, I can do this shit. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yo, where the ball, yo? Especially now. Yo. Yo, but let me Talk say, about say this. You get, you probably hear it on a regular basis because, yo, this shit is the truth. Like, yo, people recognize, mm -hmm. you know, what you brought to the table. So, yo, let me, let me, let me start by saying, let me ask you with that being said, how'd you even get into music? Like, what were your influences? And I, I'm not talking about like formally with a record deal or anything. Like, what just made you be like, yo, I want to, this is something I want to do? Um, basically, man, when I grew up, it was like music in my household. You know what I'm saying? My grandma crib. They always have music, you know what I'm saying? At my at my crib, crib always music. So like, right. when I get allowance and shit, or somebody give me a dollar, I make my uncle's <laughs> fucking record store on, on the Avenue, Jamaica Avenue. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And right, right. The little forty fives and shit for ninety nine cent back in the day. So I like, I grew up around music. So when hip hop came, it was like automatic. You know what Yo, mean? what what was the spot on Jamaica that everybody used to go to for was it hot wax? What was what was the the spot out there that everybody used to go on, on Jamaica Ave? It was a record store out there that I know people used yeah, to go to. Shit. So hot wax, they got that probably had to be later. Mm. I'm, I'm talking about like seventies Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The early, the early I'm my age right now. Definitely. The Br Br Bristol Hotel days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was too young for that shit. <laughs> it was good. Uh, yo, uh, Sean Hansen, Nori said you are his favorite MC. Um, yeah. Go to Drink Champs, are you? I just can't walk up in the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to get the invite first. All right, all right. So give us the now. Give us the formal rundown because I heard some of the story that that Bismarck got this production deal from Fly Tie. Yeah. He the artist, and the artist that he got was you, Diamond Shell, and Kid Capri. But how'd you end up on his radar? 
Um, because one of his mans is from Hempstead. You know what I'm saying? I live in Hempstead. I'm from I'm from originally from Queens, but I grew up mostly in Hempstead. So right. and this nigga named Pusshead Jeff was his man at the time, you know what I mean? And he knew that I could rhyme, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, I said sometimes, some every once in a while, yo. <laughs> I, little, I got a little puppy and shit, Ernie. Uh, but um, you know what I'm saying? Hey, a couple of people knew that I could rhyme. And at the time, my brother, you know what I'm saying, well, Mr. K, he asked me to go to the studio. Mm. We made this demo, and somebody, this other dude stole the demo, and it got into Jeff's hands. Mm. Right. You know, one thing led to another, you know what I mean? And they called me like, yo, you know what I mean? I want to sign you. I'm like, word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. You want to sign you to Cold <laughs> Trip Records? Like, shit, word? I think, I, of course, I think it's a fucking lie, a prank or some shit, but... Mm -hmm. It was, just, it was but no, no one, no one know you. You, you, you're a producer too. Did you produce that album? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> technically, yeah. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but on paper, nah, not on paper. You know? Nah, still, man. You gotta get your flowers for what you did on the album. The album was like between I kick ass and pick up the pace. Some of some of the most up tempo joints I love of yours, yo. Your up tempo style is like uh, I imagine you crazy. Short story. I imagine you. Spitting on Jesus walks. Mm, I'm gonna kill that. With just yo, just just with some some real dirty but knowledgeable, like kicking some real like yeah. wake your ass up because Jesus walks type. Just, your vernacular on that would kill that son. Yeah. I I almost encourage you to just do that one and, day. Just, and just that, beat, that beat was hard too. Yeah. it's crazy hard, man. It's crazy hard. I was listening to, I was watching Kanye's um. Genius. Short little plug, Kanye's little documentary, mm -hmm. and he was playing that beat for Scarface. I was like, but who else would sound crazy on that? I thought of Black Thought, Ooh. and I thought of you, because y'all up-tempo, and the wordplay that y'all use right. is very pinpoint. I was like, they can put some shit on this album right here, son. Mm. But you like, you, you, y'all appreciate lyricists. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, all day. That's why I listen, I listen for niggas robbing, like, what are you saying? Like it, the way they connecting words and all that, mm -hmm. right? You know I, I, and, yeah, and, I, and, and the piggyback off of that, right? Mm. I'm listening to uh, paper in my and my paper is, is my priority. Right. The joint you got, listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen. That's the joint right there, B. <laughs> that right there. I I I, I put that in my in my play. I was like, yeah, that's going on my playlist right there. Let me put that right there. Uh, Move that right there. You know what I'm saying? Because your your vernacular, B, and we miss that that sound, that cadence, and them lyrics. Man, we need more of that, bro. For real, man. Man, I mean, they said they said lyrics is is dead now. It's nah, they need to bring that shit back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they need to bring that shit back. Yeah, of course, that shit ain't never gonna be. Be dead, but you know the young motherfuckers. They like, don't give a fuck about no lyrics, nigga. Yeah, cause every, every, everything is about um now melodies and all that, which is nothing wrong with the melodies. I appreciate that also. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I want to go back because you were saying that you said so um so so all that record shopping that you did must have paid off because you found all those samples that ended up on those <laughs> on that album. All that shit came from my basement. Yo, a what? lot of them samples. People use later on. Later like, on. Like, how many MCs? <laughs> first right. track, how many MCs? Black Moon. Right. Um, beat minus sample that. The um, made joint. Yeah. Like a lot of them joints. Yeah. Those samples is crazy, boy. You had a sick record collection. 
it's my mom's in them, man. My mom's in, in my pops, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yo, so did so so basically it sounds like, and you know, God God bless the dead, you know, rest in peace to Biz, but that um Biz sort of had like I guess like the same kind of setup with you that Marley had with them, because my understanding is how Marley used to work things is that people would bring him the samples and they'd be like, yo, loop this up, I want to rhyme over this or whatever right. it is, and that's how it how it came out. And then Marley ended up with his name as the production credits as the producer, but people other people in fact produced the record. Is that the same situation you had going on? Nah, because with Molly, it's different because everybody's saying that, you know, they produced it. But if you bought him the sample and he put the drums to it, he chopped it up, he did what he did, he made it what it was, how he, how is he not the producer? Mm. I didn't have that with, with Biz. Biz was, Biz was at the studio maybe three times. Damn. Wow, that's it? Cool so v, cool v was there every day. He was the overseer. Every day. Yeah, he taught he taught me mostly what I know about producing, you know what I'm saying? Um wow. and, and um DJ PC Mom Thug. So so hold on, so you mean to tell Mom me that Thug. you had to do the um you actually played the drums and all that on it and everything? Nah, nah that that right there, that's me. Um that's uh cool V, like I said, Cool V and Doc. Damn. Yo, Doc, yo, Doc don't get the, he don't get the props he deserved either. Like, Doc, everything, Doc every, Rodriguez was all over the place in the 80s and early 90s. DJ Doc is down with us. You know, yes, uh, yeah. T-square, you know, was down with us. Yo, talk about, talk about the, um, the essence. You did the whole production on that, didn't you? Yeah. Indeed, and you got a lot. You got a lot. Of, you got a lot of good places. But talk about your your your, your young killers on there. Oh okay, um, man, my man. Shorty you got Shah. some young. You got some young heat on there. Shorty Shaw, Empty God, Bando Flea. Um, who else on there? John Jiggs. Right, and John Jiggs. Some live dudes. Yeah. Were those tracks? Were those tracks meant for you? And you say, you know what? Nah. I'm gonna put a compilation together for a bunch of dudes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the mic alone and put some other dudes down. Was that how that was set up? Nah, nah, nah. I just at the time I wasn't rhyming no more and shit, but I still wanted to, you know, contribute to the motherfucking culture. So, mm. right. I also produced. You know what I'm saying? And then my That's man right. was like, "Yo, why don't you, why don't you snatch a bunch of these niggas up, young niggas, and you know, put them with some veterans." And make a compilation. That's what we did. And it, it what I'm saying, every every track was made as I as I made it. I said this shit ill, but I ain't gonna do it. I'm saying everybody everybody that's on it actually wanted me to get on the song with them. Hmm. But if I get on, right, I gotta get on. You know what I'm saying the whole shit. So because I can I can almost see you on a joint with Large Professor and Craig G. Like, why you ain't get on that, bro? Right, right, right. Nah. Like, why you ain't get on? Of all songs, Legendary. Why you ain't get on that, son? Like, Cause I, if I get one, if I, if I get on one, everybody gonna be like, why you ain't get it with me? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Paula, That's a fact. Paula Perry in the building also. So you said you- Paula said, Perry was good with you. you. You stopped rhyming. What happened? What, you just got disenchanted with that element of the music? Yeah, yeah, man. Cause you know, the shit that, it's, it's no inspiration. I listen to the radio. Shit is garbage, you know what I'm saying? Everything trash. Back in the day, like you. you had, you know what I'm saying? You hear some shit, you be like, oh shit, I gotta get back and laugh. This nigga mm -hmm. ain't playing. I don't hear right. that shit. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you listen to nigga niggas bars, you be like, whoa, god damn, why I ain't think of that? Yeah. I ain't I ain't I ain't I ain't had that feeling since I don't even know when. 
Until Nas came back with his, his last joint he just dropped. Because the Kings, uh, what do you have? Magic was, I think. Magic. Magic yeah. was the last one. Magic was the last one, yeah. That nigga was spitting. I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Man. Here's a throwback. Here's a throwback name, Jesse West. Jesse West. Yo, I, the funny shit. Let me tell you. Everybody say that me and him look alike. Niggas be calling me Jesse West. Like, what the fuck is you talking about, man? <laughs> Justice it's just that, that it's that slender, that slender, that slender persona that you broke guys. But back then, you guys were two like two most MCs that that just didn't get that that shine that they were supposed to get, man. Yeah. I mean, Wes had his he had his little little thing with Dolly, my baby, with um Supercat. Mm -hmm. But that was it, man. And I was like, Yo, these guys is nice, man. Why can't? You know, you wish you you wishing on a star, shit don't happen, yeah. and you just you just become someone's favorite man. You was one of my favorite MCs. Keep Appreciate that. But you know what? That nigga Jesse West is the crazy producer, though. He damn sure did. He turned out. Hell yeah. He used to put shit down, sent third eye man for real, B. Mm -hmm. I loved all his stuff. You know what? When I listen to your music, there's a lot of codes in there that that always always kick that gets me open. Like I hear you talk about British Walkers. Like most people don't know about British Walkers, son. And I always talk about that From fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you What's your take on fashion then versus now? We was much more, more flyer back then, man. <laughs> much more flyer. You know what I'm saying? This shit now, niggas even wearing dresses. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know. <laughs> on, shit is sour right now, yeah. son. Niggas don't even know how to put nothing together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I I appreciated a good shoe, and that's why when I hear talk, brothers talk about British Walkers, British Walkers. I'm like, Playboys. that was a good shoe, man. Mm. Playboys, even shit. even even after that, Destino had a little had a little creeping for a second. I don't know you if people remember Destino. You don't you remember Destinos? Destinos was there too for a hot second, but fashion always played a part collectively with music, and I think it went well. How you yeah, I think it went well with how you dress. <clears throat> yeah, how you spell that shoe you just said? Destino. <laughs> I'm Google that shit. Yo, Destino. They had they had a strap that would go. It was the first strap joint I was seeing. But you know how I knew because I used to always go to Floor Shine. If anyone know about Floor Shine, <laughs> yes, Floor Shine and the window mm -hmm. used to have all the British. Yeah. used to have all the Playboys, Playboys, and then they would stick Destino right in the corner. Mm. And it was a leather shoe, and it was the first shoe that had a strap over it. Yeah, it had a little diamond on the top of it. Yo, I, I remember you, that you vividly. Went time out. You went on Fordham or Third Ave? Third Ave, nigga, right there on the corner, son. <laughs> In the Bronx. Uh, yeah, we had Rebel Knox on the Ave. Remember that shit? See that? Yeah. Rebel Knox. I don't remember those Rebel Brit Knox. British, British Knights, also two Bally's. Mm, Bally's. Bally's. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, it was it. The ballad is the classic. The mm -hmm. old fashioned, definitely, definitely the old fashioned had it. Yeah. Man, who who was Biz, where was Biz finding his talent at? Because you can say what you want. Like for him to say, all right, I'm gonna get three, I get a production deal, I'm gonna get three artists. The three mm -hmm. albums that he put out was three quality albums. Like the music was really this shit surprised the hell out of me. It was really good. Cause even Diamond Shell, T Capri, I think was a no brainer. And to right. have you, it just was kind of like the timing where Cold Chillin' was. How did how did Biz become, I guess, like an executive? You know, you told the story about how he landed you. I think Diamond Shell was his brother, right? Yeah. But yeah. How, how, did he, how did he pull all this together and make this work 
so fast because everybody that we had on this platform, we had um, we had MC Shan, we had Master Ace, we had Tragedy. Everybody, everybody at some point in time has spoken to us about Fly Ties business practices. So <laughs> how did Biz land a production deal? Because he had he had that um the Just a Friend joint. That shit was the hottest shit out. So oh. whatever he wanted, they gave it to him. You know Pretty saying? much. He actually had a five album, a five artist deal, but he ain't he ain't killing get five, five, five He was supposed to sign my man, the kid named Kid West. But um mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to that, but yeah. So he just yeah. ended up with each and take it free. What's one of the what's one of the biggest lessons you learned during during your career, bro? Um shit. Read contracts, learn how to read contracts and <laughs> Know the business before you sign some shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing. Next thing was, all these niggas are suckers. <laughs> all these niggas are suckers, man. Snakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's no... Talk about ain't it. Ain't no loyalty in this shit whatsoever. Talk about it, man. Yeah. Look, as long as you got your camp around you, yeah. really, that's I, all you need, huh? I'm in the shit to make friends anyway, so... Yeah. But... You just you just see that shit. You like, damn, these niggas is on some bullshit. All of them. Yo, so what, what was the moment? What was the aha moment when you was like, damn, yo, this is really a business? Some bullshit. Oh, um, <clears throat> you know, when the checks stop coming, mm. checks <laughs> stop coming, nigga. You like, hold up, oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nigga uh, gotta cut back and shit. Nigga gotta start budgeting and shit. Oh man, what the fuck going on? Yeah. Then you start checking, you're like, well, shit, let me see my adversary. But where the fuck is this, this? Where is this at? Who got this? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was like one time when I first got my publishing deal and shit. We in Cali at the fucking reprise office or whatever that shit was. Um, Warner Chapel. And nigga Fly Tide was like, yo, give him 100000 I'm like, oh, shit. Just like that, right? Just like that. Motherfucker <laughs> cut me a check for 100000 but I was fucking with Burt Bedell. So they didn't give me the check. They sent it to Burt Bedell. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then when I got back, I get back, I go to the office like, yo, get my shit. They're like, yeah, I got 50 for you. What fuck you talking about? What you mean 50? Right. I know what I heard. Come on, man. You know, Biz was a producer. He, he got to get 50. He got to get half. I'm like, oh, shit. This some bullshit. Wow. This nigga was in the studio like three times. Damn. It ain't produce shit. Yeah, but nah, he did, he did, he did Soul Touch. Okay. Okay. And that's my least favorite on the joint. <laughs> not for nothing, not because he did it, but that's because, you know what I'm saying? Yo, um, you that shit need to be your favorite. It cost you 50 grand. Right. Right. But Damn. it is what it is, man. I ain't mad no more. I was, of course, I was fucking furious at the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is, man. Pressing Yo, is. So 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 what needs to happen? Because it's the what you're saying is like we hear the story all the time. What needs to happen, yeah. or is it that just that people don't have the level of awareness because you anxious to sign and you want to get the check that you fall victim to this stuff? Because this seems like it's an ongoing reoccurrence for many artists. Yeah, yeah. It, that's by design. That's why they keep fucking with these young niggas fresh off the street. They don't got no knowledge about, about this shit whatsoever. They don't care if you put the motherfucking check in front of them. They gonna take it. Mm. They find out later. You know what I'm saying? And when you're young, you hard-headed. We could talk to them niggas all day. Yo, I've been through this shit. Trust me when I'm telling you, 
this shit's not it. You got to do, man, get your old ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, niggas like, <laughs> right. ain't gonna hear that shit. <laughs> They don't wear nothing, son. They don't wear no jewels. Yeah. And that's what that's what disheartens me, man, because the game could be a lot better if you just take a little minute, yo, and listen to somebody, you know what I mean? When you when you broke, you know what I'm saying? Certain niggas must have been, come on, man. I ain't never had no $100,000 check. It didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck. Yeah. Get it right now. That's an expensive lesson, though, man. Yeah, it is. Hell yeah. The damn show is. But... That's a that's an expensive lesson. Lord finesse in the building. What's good, Lord finesse? Lord finesse. What up, nigga? Another, my, my another, another icon, Bronx. Another icon, man. We love to have him on the show too, man. So making, so putting, so putting together the essence. How'd you get this this nice little lineup, man? You got some of my favorite MCs on here: Rod Digger, Sadat X, El Large Pro. Who just you just made a phone call? Yo, I need you in the studio tomorrow, so I got something for you. Phone call. That's it. Yeah, how about that? How nice is that? And then send the beat. I mean, when they ready, they come through. And lay it down. That's it. Got method. What was you going? What was you going through making cash in abundance? That shit right there, son. It's too much. Hey, son. Shit. Um, I was just making beats, man. Just whatever, whatever I feel at the time, I do it. And then I, right. then I sit down with it later and be like analyzing, like who can I hear on this shit. And then I start calling right. niggas. Mm. Yo, and you pick you pick some of the best hooks for songs. Even on Sasquatch, you pick the Sasquatch feature. Mm. Nah, my man, you know what I mean? That, my man did that Guap Sullivan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is hot. That's a killer joint too, yeah. right there, too. That shit mean. Good shit, man. Who else have you produced for? Um, KRS one. Um What's the joint you did with Chris? This shit called hot. You're not hot just because you run with the. So cop. it's on Chris. You're not album. hot. Chris huh? It's on his fourth album, right? I don't know what what album it was. I think the name of the album was. So I think it's his fourth album. Yeah. 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 I got it. Uh, I, I missed that one. And he got two two joints on um Helter Skelter too. Helter Skelter, Ice T. That's effects um, too. I think so. Yeah. Um. Fuck else. Um, Biz, Roxanne, Shantae. Hmm. Um, shit. I don't did Ice T fuck up some bread for you with that cop killer shit? <laughs> nah, he ain't fuck up the bread for me personally. You know what I'm saying? But right. in, in general. In general. In general, you know what I'm saying? Because at the time, they was like, you know, like cracking down on hip hop. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the violence in hip hop and all the rest of that shit. And the wild shit about that was the Ice T cop killer shit wasn't even a hip hop song. That shit was rock and roll. Rock and roll, yeah, right. But wow. that shit caused a backlash on the whole fucking hip hop community. You know what I'm saying? Like who's he rap? Niggas was like, nah. Warner Brothers was like, nah. Mm. Niggas like they stopped everything. Yeah, and then like certain samples they wouldn't clear and shit because shit that you saying on on the song, the content. And shit like that. So even James Brown was like, "Nah, you can't." The original, <laughs> the original Big Mama was off a of, um, beat called Lick and Stick" from James Brown. The nigga was like, "Nah, y'all can't be saying that shit on music." <laughs> yo, yo, it's hot. Talking about it. this nigga, this does head. He's saying, the fuck? <laughs> but it is what it is. Yo, that. Yo, that big Ma that big mama record though <laughs> was notorious. I didn't even know until recently that you were that you were the person who actually wrote that record. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, hear, I hear his whole cadence through that shit now. Every time I listen, I'm like, God, how did I figure that out? Yeah, afterwards, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But, yo, didn't you get, like, mad backlash as a result of right Yeah, that? yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Everybody popping behind that shit. But, hey, I got to check. You know what I'm saying? That's what it was. That's what, that's what matters. Right? Yeah, it wasn't personal. I ain't have nothing against none of them. You know what I'm saying? None of them whatsoever. But, yo, nigga said, yo, I need you to write this song, and I need you to diss these people. Mm. All right, well, shit, but what you gonna give me for it? You you understood the mission. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know the assignment, But you know what I'm saying? Afterwards it's like everybody mad. And I didn't I didn't even realize I wasn't thinking like they gonna be mad at me for this shit. I'm thinking, you know what it is, it's business, you know what I'm saying? And on top of that, it's like it's competition. Right. So yeah. Right, right, right. So did you did you lay the pen down forever and now you're a full fledged producer? Nah, nah. I'm back in I'm back in the booth right now. You know what oh, I'm saying? Please, thank, right. you, yeah. thank you, Lord. Good. Yeah, good, good. Out to my homie, my sister Raya. She like, nigga, you can't quit. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> well, I promise her that, you know what I'm saying? I'll get back at it and Yeah. Paper is my priority is a dope album, man. I like that joint, Joe. Well, I thank you, pal. So, yeah. Yeah, for real, son. Yo, that that that's a real good joint. Go I, ahead, Sha. I, I wonder if, um, because Biz's album, What well, All Samples Cleared, came out after Smooth Assassin, right? I wonder if Smooth Assassin would have seen the light of day after All Samples Cleared, considering the samples that you had on that album was like all samples that now, today, they've become like really, really popular. But mm. I think Biz made it hot with the samples and labels started watching really close. Yeah. And Hell yeah. Like, changed the whole landscape of what sampling meant. He fucked it all up for everybody with that yeah. shit. And then the wild shit about that was the song that he got in trouble for was not a single. The shit was, it was all right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it definitely was not, that was not a hit. So why, you know what I'm saying? If anything, if you, if you would, if it would have been like for like just a friend, mm -hmm. fuck it. Right. You know what I'm saying? This, this was a, a album filler joint. Mm. I'm trying to remember which which song it was too. It was, it was um alone again, alone again naturally. Yeah. Get Gilbert O'Sullivan. Damn. White boy was like, nah, nigga. Break bread. <laughs> I want all my shit, nigga. Let me take my, my shit. Eight hundred and fifty thousand, and it had to take the album off the shelf. Eight hundred and fifty thousand. Eight hundred and fifty thousand. Damn. They took everything. They just took every fucking thing. That's all you can say. Yeah, that's all Sullivan changed how Warner Brothers looked at LP. Now you can't you can't sell that shit nowhere ever. It's over mm. for you, nigga. Yeah. Man, so to go back to the, the, the producing element of it. Uh -huh. As you said, then you know you was bringing them the samples and stuff like that. And I'm sure now probably you like a much more seasoned producer. But this comes up in discussion when we talk to producers sometime. Can you technically be called the producer if you never actually touch the machines? Like, does Puff Daddy, is Puff Daddy legitimately considered to be a producer? Technically, if he is telling the people doing it what to do, I want, to, I want this, right? And you do that. Then technically, yeah, he is. Okay. Technically, he's not a coordinator or curator. Or... I don't know why. But on paper, yeah. 
It'll, all right. We, I mean, to us, it's different, but uh, yeah. So when I when I when I think about you as an MC, I think you would mention you with like the the um the cool G raps, the Black Thoughts, um, dudes who just uh, they're known as like rappers, rappers, you know. Mm, but yeah. I have necessarily had the commercial success that other rappers have had. I asked Master Ace this, you know, mm. and I was saying like, would you would you have traded your your career for the career of, and no disrespect, a dude like Young Jock who had a hit record that was that was mainstream, versus you having the the credibility as being like a rapper's rapper. Trade my career? Nah, nah, nah. Thank you. Nah. <laughs> it's funny you say that, yo. Cause yo, the first thing, cause the first day I got on my people, he stayed authentic to the fucking T. I got it written right here, but he don't want to do that. Not for no bread. You go make up a fucking flop song. Fuck nah, out of here, son. Nah, you ain't never hear me do that shit. <laughs> That's not in the cards. Because I, I, I think there are some I think there are some artists, though, that probably would be like, yo, you know what? You know, I'm a, yeah, I'm a rapper's rapper. I'm, I'm the most lyrical dude in the world. I got lyrics and everything, but I, that hit record seems to elude me. So I do think that there are probably rappers who will be willing to do something like that. But I appreciate you actually uh, staying true to the nah. world. I don't know, man. I can't. I can't imagine Cool G rap and say some nah, shit. Nah, like not G rap. Of course not. Nah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right though. There's certain motherfuckers that might. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know how you can say that. Think about how many people first album you listen to, and you be like, "Damn, yo, this dude is spitting." And the second on. album come around, yeah, and it's yeah. some whole other shit that you be like, "Yo, nah, this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> niggas, 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 stuff. niggas be chasing that motherfucking hit, boy. Yeah. 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 Man, that's a fact. And the but shit. the thing is, though, you can you can stick to your guns and still have a hit. You know what I'm saying? But you know that shit is it's, that's rare. But mm -hmm. it, happens. it happens. That's because a lot of I think a lot of people don't believe that you can get a hit record organically with just being who you are. They try to look at like whatever the formula. Mob Deep. But, yeah, Mob Deep's a perfect example. Yeah. Mob Deep is a perfect example, but I feel like even a dude like Nas had went away from his formula for a yeah. minute, tasting like hit records. Like he had the commercial success, tasted the that commercial success. Sure, they tell exactly. me what's your price. Yeah, Yo, that yeah. was probably that. That probably was like his worst album. That <laughs> shit was I. He had some joints on there. Was that was that um Nostradamus? Oh nah, now I'm talking about this. It was written. It was written. Was a good album. Yeah. Good album. Yeah. Yeah, it was written, but not, that Nostradamus album was like that was just him. I think like going after, trying mm -hmm. to trying to achieve further commercial success. And I think dudes they fall into that trap. Nas is, I think, one of them dudes that he's just such a great artist though, and so lyrical that he can, his his he worst, can go back. his worst yeah. stuff is better than most people's best stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, that nigga, back in his bag right now too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of formulas and backing and back, how important is it that? Now that we hear how music is being set up and, and, and distributed, how important is it to insert a little bit more knowledge itself back into music so people can be inspired about themselves, for one, and then the world that they live in that they don't know nothing about? That shit is imperative right now because you see what the kids is doing, man. Them niggas, is, they killing each other. You know what I'm saying? Everything is so disrespectful. I was having a conversation um, earlier with somebody how drill music is so fucking disrespectful, man. Mm. Like, how you gonna kill a nigga talking about I'm smoking on smoking that pookie pack and mm -hmm. all this, you know what I'm saying? 
this, this right. back from dead niggas, yo, fuck your dead homies and yeah, all that shit. That shit crazy to me, man. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, they need a, a message is needed right now, but definitely needed. Yeah, I mean, even before before the excuse things was using, but you can't you can't have no message shit because the radio ain't gonna play it or the uh, the companies ain't gonna promote it. You independent right now, nigga. You can't you can't. What's your excuse? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, and that was one, that was one of the reasons why I brought up Jesus Walks because that song having as much commercial success as it is, it did leave a message in people to think of themselves, and I think a lot of that happens, you know, organic. Well, not organically, but in ways that you kind of missed. You 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 missed the gist of why someone is putting it out. I mean, it's Kanye. He mentions Jesus, but does anybody really follow the song, listen to the song, or really what it says? Because words are powerful mm. when you use them correctly. Right. So how, how how do we how do we engage that part of lyricism back into people to say, look, have have some profound things to to to, to pinpoint where people can pick up mm. and learn from. You gotta lead by example. You gotta do a joint. That's it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But nice joint too, because. Yeah. You know, so, songs like, like I said, the song you got, Legendary, I listened to low, Large Prose Verse, and I was like, you see that? The shit he's saying in there, it captivates. And I, it had me listening. Here it is. I'm an old dude, but I'm still listening. Like, I can't wait to put this shit in my box. Right, right, right. And because, because, <laughs> because I know if I play, I play it outside my window, somebody driving by going to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Damn, you said box, yo. You really took it back. I took it back, right? So, I mean, when I hear when I hear certain hip hop, that's exactly what I feel like. I feel like that young kid going to to the record shop to go get the wax and bring it home and light my courtyard up, and they be like, "Yo, turn that shit down, fuck you! I'm not turning it." Yeah. Yo, you know, you know what I'm one, one of the things though, like I think what we fall short is that you know we we got great artists from our generation still making music, but I think we got hell yeah, the music. And I remember, um, I think it was Method Man. That was saying for Wu Tang, he was like, "Yo, your dudes always screaming Wu Tang, put out a new album, put out a new album." Then when they put out a project, yo, people don't be be trying to support the project. So you can't have it both ways. You can't call for the artist to make music, you know, and then you ain't gonna go and consume or support the music. I think as, right. as we get older, we get like less like the, the shit becomes less impactful when it drops. You know what I'm saying? Like before, we used to be looking for the shit, yo. You got that new such and such and such. You got that new biz. Yeah. But that shit to do when they live, you know what I'm saying? Niggas ain't tasting it like that no more. You know what I'm saying? So a word, they got a new shit out. I, right, I'm, 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 fuck with it when you get to it. But you yeah. got so much other shit, you don't get to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. It's I try to. Yeah, I try to. I try to. You know, I try to sort of resign myself to because I'm older that I have a, a disconnect from this generation and this generation's music. Like I listen to some of it, some of it is good. Some of it I have no interest in, but right. it doesn't give me the feel that I had when I was younger. Like there's no, it doesn't feel timeless. Like it felt before. Like I still remember listening to Long Live the Cane on cassette, flying mm -hmm. from New York to Florida because my mom was taking me to Disney World and rewinding it back. The first song, yo, play, yo, play Long Live the Cane again. And, and you now when you hear music, I guess because it's so disposable, like every week somebody putting out a new project, right. you don't really sit and digest anything anymore. It's like you can't sit with it and actually appreciate a body of work. It's just mm -hmm. pop it and I right, 
It's like almost like checking it off. Like, all right, I listen to new Drake album. Let me listen to Cole. Right. I listen to Cole. All right, let me listen to Kendrick. But nothing is. It just doesn't have the same timeless feel. What do you What do you think that's about? Um, motherfuckers is trying to every like hurry up and do shit. Like niggas is not really taking their time with it. You know what I mean? That's that's what I think. That's one thing. But again, like. We, we older now, so that shit don't mean as much as it did to us back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I listen to now shit. That shit, the shit banging. Mm. He writing. The nigga doing it. You know what I'm saying? I know he's spitting. You can tell. I yeah, right, right. I, I know that now. I heard it. Yeah. What what now? Yeah. It, it ain't like, oh, shit, I got to play this shit every day. Every time I wake up or got to play this shit when I'm in the shower. Yeah. But we had, yo, we had, we had that though. Like, remember, like the first time you heard the um, the first Mob Deep, the Infamous album, or you heard Illmatic and stuff like that. You mm -hmm. know, like I remember riding the train back and forth to school and being like, yo, I, mean, I gotta hit up, put into the stage Black Moon on, and let me just listen to that from start to finish, back to you know, back and forth. Or your well, album. That, but that's what they doing to fucking Kodak Black and shit like that. The young people, they're like, yo, you hear that new Kodak Black? They they know every word in and in and out. Like we used to know, you know what I'm saying? Kane and Coogee rap and mm -hmm. Slick Rick and everybody else's shit. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Nice. So what you work? What you working on now, big homie? Um, me and my man Shorty Shaw, we about to do this EP. And um, besides the Polar Perry joint, I just did. Um, nice, nice. Salute to the yeah. city, Polar Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salute to the sis, man. Just working, man. I got my man Imp the Guard back on deck. You know what I'm saying? Me and him doing some shit. You know, everything. You know what I'm saying? One step at a time. Whatever, whatever come. If it's if it's worthy to fuck with, I'm fucking with it. Yeah, yo. So when you signed to Cold Chilling, Cold Chilling was like they they pretty much were. There was a down period. They were on a decline. Yeah. Did you have an opportunity though to experience some of the magic of what Cold Chillin' actually was? Because Cold Chillin' was a was the cornerstone of hip hop for like the mid to late eighties with their roster between mm -hmm. the Ace, the Kane, the Bismarck, the G Rap, to Shantae, to anybody, even you know, when they um Craig G even though Craig G didn't sign to Cold Chillin', but he was juice cool. Right. You yeah. know, like having all those dope MCs around, did you have an opportunity to experience some of that magic? I mean as far as like we like the the first tour we went on, it was me, Kane. I mean, I came um, Kid Capri, Bismarck, uh, Master Ace, and whoever else. Like when, when we get to certain states, whoever else was on that particular show. You know, what I'm saying sometimes run DMC, sometimes it's whoever, whatever. But that shit right there, that was part. I mean, that that was like that was that was the the most. Uh, what can I say? That was the most of it. Like, like other than that, it was chaos. You go to the office, it's some bullshit every time. <laughs> but on the road, you know what I'm saying? That 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 particular tour, the first one, that, that shit, cold chilling, some shit, whatever that tour was. I mean, I I, I say that was part of cold chilling magic. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, <laughs> yo. Yo, so what? So, yo, walk us through what a day in the office look like. You go to cold chilling office. Um, somebody in there arguing because they didn't get a check. They <laughs> <laughs> be fucking drunk. <laughs> shit. <laughs> typical, typical hood shit, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Yo, I think your daughter in the chat, she said you old, Pop. What up, Muffin? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So you said you go there. Yo, Pop, Pop's, raised, Pop's raised us too, baby girl, for real, son. We listen to Pop's music when we was babies, man. Yo, she ill, though. She she an artist, too, but she an R&B singer. Okay. Say word. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Nah, y'all bet, y'all. Yo, yo, so what you said you go to the office and people in the office fighting because they ain't get a check yeah. and they drunk. Hell yeah, Mr. Magic drunk, popping shit. I'm super rocking Mr. Magic, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be crazy, yo. That yo, was, that was good times, though. That, yo, that cold, the, cold, that. the cold chilling book. I read the cold chilling book. I thought that was dope. I think they, yo, y'all need a documentary, man. Um, I think Kane was working on that shit. Um, he, cause he actually, he actually fucking trademarked the name Juice Crew. Oh, okay. Then, cause oh, that, that just show you how fucking lax shit was. Like, that you trademarked the name of the label. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck was y'all niggas doing? How you got, you a fucking record label, nigga. You got major distribution from Cold to me, from Warner Brothers and Epic. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't fucking trademark the, come on, son. <laughs> What but, was they thinking? You know, they were like, thinking. Yo, yo, hold on, nah, don't don't say they were. You know what it is though? Like to me, Cold Chilling was the first true independent. Even though they had major distribution, a lot of it was grassroots. Yeah. And a lot, yeah. to be honest with you, a lot of it is that's what made it dope. That it was grassroots. Like yeah. I can look at a fly tie. I can look at a fly tie and be like, yo, that dude looked like my uncle, and he the executive mm -hmm. of Cold Chilling. Or you could look at. Bismarck Kane or you or whatever and be like, yo, these is dudes that they look like regular dudes that grew up in the hood, you know. So there was an element to to having that image and that experience that I think made the label what the label was. Yeah, but that nigga Ty went to college, man. He went to college for business. He was he should have known that shit. I mean, if he had other things going on, that Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nigga, you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we ain't gonna say that on here, yeah, but yeah. there are other things that people do that you know that put business on the back burner, and business may not be necessarily the priority at the time. Hundred percent correct. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's mostly what it was. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yo, but you know, shit like that is dangerous though when you cutting checks. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh God when bless you that. Checks, when you yeah. stop cutting checks. Yes, That's even more dangerous. <laughs> right. That's Niggas looking for their friends, son. Shit. Yo. Like, I'm telling you, any day in the office, motherfuckers is in there beefing because they ain't getting no fucking check. Yo. Yo, I, um, I think it was a Master Ace supposedly ran down on him over an advance. Uh, something like that. Ran down yeah, I, on him. I read that. I read that. Else? I read that, too. Ty, Ty said, nah, that shit. Then go down. Yeah, that's what he. I mean, I'm talking. This is what Ty told me. I wasn't there, but I did read that in the book. The um, cold chilling joint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ty, Russell Simmons, and Andre Harrell were roommates. Look at that, three black executives. Yeah, yeah. Who said that? Finesse. Oh, yeah. Lord Finesse. That's, that, we 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 started doing a um, like a series and shit on Ty. Me and my man Craze from um what's what's his name is what's his name is shit um fuck I can't remember this is is the name of his shit but um it's like Ty he actually him and him and Mr. Magic like at, at one time everybody that was on the radio had to come through them. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, the the nigga story is ridiculous, mm, ridiculous. But anyway, I, like I was saying, gonna lose my train of thought. But we was working on a, a series about the whole from the, back in the, the disco fever days. That's when the original Juice Crew got started. Like everybody think that the Juice Crew is from you know the symphony. Mm -hmm. Nah, that shit go back to Grandmaster Flash and, and the Cold Crush Four. You know, yeah, talking about the fever. That's in the Bronx. Yeah, that's where all them niggas was hanging out at the mm. cocaine. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's the cocaine. <laughs> crack. Cocaine crew. Nigga. Yeah, son. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of that going on back then, son. From them days, but them, but Ty, I was saying that to say, Ty was a manager at first. You know what I'm saying? He was managing all all the acts and shit. Mm -hmm. And that's how him and, and, and uh, Russell and Andre got cool and shit. Mm -hmm. And I think Russell, Russell, I mean, um, Ty and Andre went to Howard together. Mm. Uh, uh, see that? Yeah, and, and that shit crazy because when they, they all broke out, they had the cold chilling uptown and fucking Dev Jam. Hmm. That's crazy. That's a little, that's a little nugget right there, son. Pay attention. Yeah, that was dope. That's Yo, that's, that's that's all our eighties and nineties hip hop right there. Yeah. Right there, right there, son. In a nutshell. Yo, since exactly. we got finesse here, I would I would be remiss if I didn't ask you how'd you end up on Big L, lifestyles of the poor and dangerous, on the graveyard. Oh, because um, at the time, Cold Chillin was distributed by Epic, and he was on Columbia, yeah. so we in the same building, the Sony building and shit. Mm -hmm. And I think his A&R said, yo, I got this kid named Big Al. He down with Finesse. This down in third world. The nigga nice. He wants you to get on the joint with him. All right. What Finesse. I told you, a rapper's rapper. Yeah. So he held up, son, because that was nasty. Yeah. That was oh. definitely nasty, man. Shout out to DITC, man. Them, yeah. them brothers, too, man. Yeah. The oh, gift, the gift of production to come out of that camp. Like, AG is one of my OGs, man. God bless him, man. Shout out to AG. Mm -hmm. Like, AG put me on a path to really, like, reading and studying. Mm. Like, he would, he, I remember one time he said, yo, he said, yo, Rob, you like the minister information. You're always coming back with something. I said, yo, son, you put me on this idea with reading because he's God body. So he was like, yo, the first degree is knowledge, man. Go get knowledge, man. You need knowledge first. And ever since then, I've been a book junkie, son. That was just my little shameless plug for the AG, son, right there. Nah, that's what's up. That's I me. Mean, for real, son. He, he, he passed on something that you could utilize. Absolutely. Let me ask you why, while we on that. What's the last two books you read that you can recommend anybody else listening? Um, when Rocks Cry Out. When Rocks Cry Out. Who's the author? Um... I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the book is all right. Box probably out. You got you can Google it. That should come right up. Oh, and um, let me see what's a good one. Probably the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin Standard. Mm. Wow. Yeah, right now because that's the shit niggas got to get into. You know what I'm saying? Because you're yeah. gonna be behind if you. Yeah, money. Huh? Money, money is definitely changing, and man, they they're about to make the American dollar digital in a second, man. They're trying to. Mm -hmm. They're trying to. The government trying to do that shit. It'll nobody fucking with them with that bullshit. <laughs> if they want it to happen, it'll happen. They don't figure. I'm out saying, 
Everybody it. know, everybody know that the U.S. dollar is worthless. The shit not backed by nothing. Mm -hmm. So nothing. If they come out with a cryptocurrency, that shit definitely ain't gonna be backed by nothing. Mm. So why fuck with it? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Hey, right now they printing money by the boatload. Right, and that's why the inflation is crazy right now. Yeah, so they money they printing money that they can't afford. They where's what what is backing this money? Yeah, pure air, the thin air. You know what? Right. For a lot of people, um, a lot of people, the pandemic was a tough time. But there's a lot of people that made a lot of money. Hell yeah, too. The motherfucking PPP. I said it niggas the other way now, too, though. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Niggas was yep. getting under un un unemployment. Niggas was getting kind of shit, man. Niggas was getting one of, yo, yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite tracks by you mm -hmm. is um Behind Boss. Right. Yo, my favorite line in that joint is, you were soft up north, living small as a dwarf. And if you get cold, you got, got your head now. Oh. <laughs> yo, what, yo, what inspired that? Being in jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit, right. about shit you see. Oh, man. Yo, that's, that story, like the story, that rhyme, that shit was so vivid that mm -hmm. you listened to it. You were like, damn, like, yo, he got, he know all the intricacies of this. I mean, that shit was real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. So happened, I, you know what I'm saying? I got the gift to fucking write about it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? A certain way. So, yeah. I don't know if we asked you this, but what inspired you to be an MC? Did we ask you that? I don't think we asked you. Um, nah, the early, the early um battle tapes and shit like that, Cold Cross versus Cold Cross. the Fantastic Five and shit like that. I like my brother he always had the cassette tapes with all the fucking, you know, the, the parties and shit. So, Cold mm -hmm. War, Treacherous Three, Fearless Four, um, Busy B, mm. all that shit, man. That that like that's when that's when I was in love with the music, mm. you know. And right. now I'm like, uh, I don't yep. love it. It is. Yep. I've been there, done that. Yo, but <laughs> is it is it real talk? Is it the um? Is it the music or is it the business that makes you become disenchanted with the music? Um. It's the music. It's the music, and it's it's the it's the business, of course. But when I first got into this shit, I didn't get into it for, to make money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Get it for the love, right? Yeah, this is what I love to do. I still, I still, it's still there. But some gotta bring that shit out of me right now. It's like fuck this shit. Yeah, yo, we had um, was it last? Was it last week? I think it was Baby Paul we had on, and I was saying to him like, yo, one of the things that I noticed is that. People get into the get into this game based on their passion. It's like, yo, they just so passionate about mm -hmm. music. Yeah. And you hear the blood, sweat, and tears in their first project. But then the irony of it is that the business just it sucks like all the passion out of mm -hmm. people. Yeah. So and to me, it's like there's there's great artists that they're they're able to recapture that passion. They find a way to be like, yo, let me tuck the business to the side or let me get the business right. And then mm -hmm. I can get back in my creative space. But then there right. are other that they become so consumed by the business that it just all their ability to create and to produce good material just goes out the window because they've been so burned by the business element of it. So what does an artist need to do to to be able to regain their creativity and their inspiration yeah. in that business? I'm trying to find it right now, my nigga. Only thing that's inspiring me right now is 
my, my young niggas, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because cause they actually spit, you know what I'm saying? It's like right. Right. The, average, the average young person right now, honestly, his shit going to be bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Either it's bullshit or it's something that I just don't care for. You know what I'm saying? I don't really like trap music. I don't like, you know what I'm saying, the shit that's going on in hip-hop today. It's not my right. thing. But these niggas is doing my shit. You know what I'm saying? The shit that I love. Yeah. So that, and the niggas is nice. So that's what's inspiring me right now. I, I, if it ain't if it ain't lyrical, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Yeah, finesse and make it fun again. Like, yo, that's that's one of the things I definitely miss about hip hop in the '80s and early '90s. That it was about, you know, you could have a leaders of the new school, you could have a scenario, you could have the Jungle Brothers, you could have Quest, then you could have artists like yourself, you could have a Kane, whatever it was. But it was always about like having a good time. And yeah. It was there was a shift though in the music where it went from about having a good time. And one of my favorite MCs is Nas. But mm -hmm. I also credit Nas with being a person who kind of really turned the corner and rap where it became more about like a pack and the hood and the projects and this, that. And we appreciated it because we was dudes from the hood. Right. And it was so, you know, it was so vivid for us to have the opportunity to experience and see it. But to me, it also sucked like some of the fun element out of the music. Right. Yeah. Because niggas, niggas, at one point, niggas got too cool to do certain shit. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Nah, I ain't doing that shit. You, cause niggas had to try to have an image. Finesse, what up, nigga? The funky man. What up, my dude? OG, OG, son. Peace. Just saying, checking y'all out and 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 peeping what y'all saying. You know, mm -hmm. it's I just think you got to make it fun again. Mm -hmm. You got to make. It you need to see me that track, nigga. What? <laughs> huh? Yeah, you need to see me that motherfucking track, nigga. <laughs> that, we're gonna work on that, but mm -hmm. I just think when artists come in the game, they creatives, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Coming out the projects, they coming out they parents' houses, so it's all creative. Mm. Once you right. music game, it becomes business. Yeah. Mm. Start taking your your music like you're on some fucking assembly line. Mm. Yo, got another one. Do this. Do that, and they take out. The fun of being a creative. Yeah. And it, it takes out the fun, especially when they're telling you to do something else that's not you. Right, you. right. And if you right, right. that, we're not gonna back you. Mm. So right. you got you you at that catch fifty two, meaning like either you're gonna do what they say or you're gonna go off on your own and they ain't gonna back you and mm. you're gonna come and go. Mm. And so it, it affects you and it affects you even more. When the next person come with the same shit you was doing and blow up, and right? Watch it, and I told y'all that was the move, <laughs> right? And they steered you into some bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Business, but what I learned, and an OG told me this. It says, um, he told me, when does it, when did it ever come to a point where you let the business tarnish you so much? that you forgot what you love. You got to understand your right. gift took you out the hood. Your gift took you away from the struggle. Mm -hmm. your, your gift took you around the world. Your gift took you off the block. How mm -hmm. can it ever come to a point where you let the industry fuck you up so bad you hate what you used to love? Yeah. You know what part, crazy. part of that is, though? I think part of that, though, is sometimes looking and seeing other people 
profit so much off your art. You didn't put your blood, sweat, and tears in it. And, you know, they, they dicking you around, but everybody else is making all this money as a result of it. And then I look at this era, like in this era where everybody is independent and you have the ability to go direct to consumer, I would imagine that it's got to be a little bit easier to not allow the politics of the music and stuff to get as... Yeah, because you still got to have a plan. You still got to have a vision. You still got to mm -hmm. execute. People just, because mm -hmm. you independent, they use that word, I'm independent. I'm independent. To me, the gift about being independent is when you look major, but you independent. That's a fact. How about that? Now, That's you, a jewel right there. You know, your artwork looking trash, your music sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you independent, independent. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's more to music. It's having a vision to your music. Mm -hmm. It's like when I look at the music game right now, most of these dudes are rhyming for dudes. Yeah. They ain't yeah. rhyming for women no more. Niggas you know, too cool for certain shit. Yo, this is, I, don't mean to cut, I don't mean to cut your wisdom, Lord, but this is when I always ask artists, how important is imagination? Because that's tied into the fun. Mm. Being able to, to have a vision and create it and also see it through as you're creating and having it fun. But when the business side gets into it, you kind of lose that, 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 that sense of peace where you can think the idea out or use your imagination out and then go and work on it. You know what I'm saying? So I, in my personal opinion, I think we need to kind of get back into that. Not as no kid, but just to have an imagination strong enough and a vision wide enough to keep going and pushing to do what it is that you like to do. I think this dude... And, you know, I don't agree with everything he do. I think he, you know, sometimes he sharp, sometimes he left field, but... I know where you're going. People, the blueprint. Mm. He told people the blueprint when they, when they wasn't fucking with me. He showed you everything he had to do to get where he was at. Like I said, I don't agree with everything he do. Right. That first part, Rockefeller wasn't fucking with him like that. Mm-hmm. He had to really go and prove himself when when he showed them, like, yo, we better put our money on him. Mm. Right. But that's the whole thing. It starts with you. Nobody's going to hustle. Right. Like, <laughs> people keep waiting on welfare, some shit to come along. and, and <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I said that last week, yo. Stop waiting on people to create your narrative and create your own narrative, man, and hold on to it. You get someone of power and authority that has no position in your reality. None. Mm -hmm. Fact. None. Nobody. They ain't going to be there when you fail. They ain't going to be there either way. It's like you got to believe. Ain't nobody supposed to believe until you believe. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. Yo, man, check this out. Tell me what you think. What do you think, nigga? Like, <laughs> like, right. Oh, shit. Exactly. Oh, man. If you don't believe in it, what the fuck? They don't have to go through no filter to see if they good or talented no more. They could mm -hmm. show our views. They could show different things to, to get around talent. I was just about right. to say that. That's why, you know, we could tell one of these young kids, your shit is trash. That's not going to stop them from uploading that shit to YouTube. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Nope. That, that, that engage them even more. I'm going to show you that my shit ain't trash. Watch this. 
Yo, but you know something? I think with like the metrics and the analytics being on display, that also leads to, to having more bargaining power, right? Like if you are trying to approach a major label, the steps in them be like, that's, yeah, that's they looking for. Yeah, without you, I got all these views, I got all these followers that's and everything like that. For. So that it does it doesn't become a situation where it's like, all right, the label, you relying on the label to make you hot. Nah, I came to you and I was hot. Thing, you can't you can have views, but how did you get the views? Is the views and your motherfucking music running neck and neck? Mm -hmm. coincide, right. Stunt double shit and you got some views and now you getting in the business. Most of these people you put in the booth, they, they don't even know how to go in the booth and do a song. Mm -hmm. Niggas don't know what a 16 is. They don't, they don't understand the magic is in the structure. So mm -hmm. when you got a nigga that's constantly punch me in, punch me in, punch me in, punch me in. You chopping up the performance. The performance is when you go in there and you perform the record. Right. Translate to when you go on stage because you got your master performance down pat. Mm -hmm. But if you already punching, 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 you ain't going to have no breath control on stage. Yeah. You damn near catch a fucking heart attack because you ain't you <laughs> performing the record straight through. You, you see a nigga sweating. And turning. <laughs> Yo, Yo. I'll be Telling my niggas all the time that shit, yo, you gotta fucking have your breath control. Leave them bum ass Newports the fuck alone. Yo, y'all, yo, y'all, yo, your brothers, your brothers is from an era though where it was embarrassing to punch. Yeah, and every right now, all these niggas is rhyming over the vocals. Yeah, couldn't do that shit. It, it, nah. but, Not do that. Yeah. What it is is that y'all, y'all, the world is letting people settle for meteorocracy. Mm hmm. Talk about it now. If, That's a fact. If people say, yo, that shit is trash, and everybody know that shit is trash, and not like, yo, it's trash, but it made a million dollars, you know? Trash mm -hmm. is trash. Yeah. Right. Bottom line. Trash is trash. Yo, you know when that switched, though? That switch when people started evaluating dude's talent based on record sales and being like, oh, this dude is mm -hmm. dope because he sold all these records. Nah, right. you are dope because you sold all them records. But that's right. what happened. A lot of that popped but up. Is, but is it, the, is it the missing of A&Rs and, and, and artist development while we got all this trash shit? I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the consumers. The, it's, the, it's how they're capitalizing off the game right now, you know? They don't give a fuck about these artists. They don't give a fuck about none of these. That's why people, an album come out and the person go, yo, this shit is a classic. Then two weeks later, the album's gone. <laughs> so what's up with that album? Oh, that shit ain't hot no more, motherfucker! You just said that was a classic. Classic, right? You made it right. <laughs> no playback value. It's the sonic frequency. People don't make music that sounds good anymore. Yeah, you know, it's the one for the music, and like I said, it's the concepts. The concepts is just garbage. It's like the, it's like the movie game right now. They keep doing sequels. Nobody's mm -hmm. really doing no original movies no more. Fucking mm -hmm. yeah. points, point part seven, mm -hmm. Fast and Furious fifteen. You know, mm -hmm. it's like y'all keep rehashing. Nobody, you got to do new shit. I yeah. mean, I give, I give. That's why I give. Uh, I think I give black directors a lot of credit because the shit we go through in life allows right. to write these stories that other people can't even imagine. 
That's right. Because these stories that's being written by black people, they're going, wow, this shit is real. You, you know, the directors go, this shit is real. Yeah, because I lived it. Right. <laughs> you know, it is right. real. And nobody can't tell our story like we could tell our stories. They can't tell us about our slang. They can't tell us about the gear we was wearing. They can't tell us about the music being played. So many times you see a black story told by other people be corny. The music be off. The slang be off. The speakers don't match the era. Mm. <laughs> like we tell our story. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a true fact, man. The world is ours, but I tell cats right now, you got to have a vision. It got to be like, it got to be a vision to your music. Your music got to tell your story. Mm. If I mm. tell producers sometime, if I came to you to get something, a truck, what can you give me that nobody else could give me? Mm. Mm. So let me, ask, let me ask you, Ness, what was your vision when you did the Underboss remix for Marvin Gaye, I Want You? Well, what, what, how that came about is I, I was playing in clubs. And what I would do is I would go, I would get my hands on masters and I would remix the masters to give it a spin. So when I played in the club, I gave that shit that bounce. Mm, I didn't yeah. get complicated. You can get complicated, but I kind of kept the instrumentation and just put the funk up under there. So yes, you did. came on, it was like, what the fuck is this shit? That. <laughs> and it rides. It got me the project because when I did L.A. Boombox out here, you know, mm -hmm. talking different versions of these songs, and them shits is all knocking. Knocking, yes, sir. Executive, yes, sir. I was like, yo, what's all that shit you was playing? I'm like, oh, that's remixes I do when I have time. Mm. He said, you ever thought about doing a project like that? Mm. There is. And that was, that was crazy. Right? Yeah. That was crazy, right? Yeah. And, and mess with it, but you gotta be careful with it because you, you can fuck up an original. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then, you know, these artists, these Motown niggas, they got certain, they, they fan they fan base is not having that. Dude, you fucking up, you fucking up <laughs> the, the, the uh, fucking, uh, what's the name? Martha Reeves or whatever the fuck. You fucking up, you know what I'm saying? Smokey Robinson shit, but nigga. <laughs> the blessing was that the project did come off the right way, and they were surprised right. they didn't even see it. Mm, and then, right. that's when the Barry White Estates approached me, and I did the Never Never Gonna Give You Up. It's out right now. It came out yeah. for Valentine's Day. And I showed them once again that, you know, I could take – I took Barry and the drums and right. then give that shit a whole nother musical landscape. But mm. if you ain't never hear the original, you could have swore that could have went for the original. The original. original. Yeah, you send me that. Yo, can can both of y'all talk about the um the transition? both of y'all talk about the transition of going from an MC to a producer and what that was like? Well, I think I think nobody. I mean, you being an artist, right? You know what you want to rhyme on. Mm. You want to rhyme on before the producer yeah. play it for you. You know. So when you get into the world of collecting records and, and producing, you could take some weird abstract shit that nobody would have even thought of you rhyming on mm -hmm. and 
comment on it and make people look at that loop a whole different way. Right. Diamond was a a, a a beast at that. There was a genius at that. When you listen to fucking Runaway Slaves and you listen to oh, yeah. uh, Guns, Brunts, and Hip Hop, listen to all those different vibes. They ain't regular things that somebody go, I know what that is. I would rhyme on that. Nah. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes you hear things that other people don't hear. That's the thing about being a producer is you get to sit with the artist and you ask the artist, what are you hearing? What, and, and y'all come up with the magic together. Right, right. A tailor. You know, yeah, I got some suits in the closet, but if you got some time, we could go some through some different fabric. Nice. <laughs> I could, I could, that analogy. I could scope something around you that when you go to the party with this shit on. Oh, yeah. Yo, man, I want I want that suit, man. Nah, that's made this shit from scratch. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but as producers, that's a dope as, right as, as producers, I'm sure you get people coming in like, y'all, I need you to make me a beat like the beat you made for such and such. I want a track that sounds. I hate that shit, nigga. That that was I did that because that's what I felt at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't just make the same shit. Like you know what I'm saying, that shit, not me myself. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. It's what I feel at that moment. And and I became a producer out of necessity. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have nobody I to go so say like, yo, I need a track. Who the fuck had a track back then? Mm. Right. I ain't know nobody. So I just had to do what I had to do. And finesse, you know, I used to call you, nigga, to, to walk me through the SP. Like, <laughs> like yo, man, I'm ready to throw this shit against the wall. <laughs> this shit ain't acting right. <laughs> Nah, nigga, you don't know what the fuck you doing. Get it, man. Like to me, when when produce when I'm sitting with an artist, I just I talk to him in in in, in analogies. Like, do you want something dark? Do you want something with some energy? Because it don't always have to be a fast record, but you want the record to make an impact. So it could be energy, like mm-hmm. M.O. Right. You know, Annie Up ain't a fast record. Nah. But they got energy. (laughs) That shit got the impact. I seen them niggas perform that shit three times in a row. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it ain't about knowing what you want as an artist. A lot of these artists ain't artists, especially in the R&B world. You can come up with the perfect track. Oh, that's dope. You got somebody that can write to it? Okay. Find somebody to write to it. Mm. Got somebody that can reference it? It's like, God damn, you doing all the fucking work for the artist. Right. 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 So Ness, Ness, it sounds like you you you're you're the producer that would rather sit in the studio with the office with the artist and kind of get some camaraderie going on versus just emailing shit and emailing shit back and emailing shit. Because what happened is that now you telling me to give you something hot. My thing of what I think is hot, what you looking for might be two different planets. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. I might, right. I might give you some real scorching shit. That shit might be over your head. You might go, nah, I don't, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. And then sometimes you sit with an artist and they say, play me some shit. And the shit they pick you, you want that? Yeah, right. <laughs> of all beats? Yeah, a throwaway <laughs> probably, right? Had to put that on something you they would have never heard that shit mm. 
and that's the magic because sometimes an artist will take some shit that I had and I go, God damn, he killed that shit. Like, wow. So it works hand in hand. But all right. yo, yo, send me some beats, send me an email, yo. You know, the way dudes talk to me, I look at them like, man, I'm at a place right now where I pick and choose who I want to work with. Well, actually, yeah. You'll be lucky if I want to work with you. Because I'm not like some dude on the corner drinking a 40. I don't have to do this. <laughs> you know, the way they come at you, yo, I need so you still do beats. I need some beats. I need some beats. And the is, everybody talk this music shit, but nobody talk no money. Mm. You talk about it, bro. And if you got to bring up money, don't even do it. Yeah. If you got to bring up, because I'm a businessman. If I come to IU or I come to somebody, it's like, yo, IU, I want this track or what you charge or what can we, what can we agree on? Worked out. First, right. what talking about? I'm not coming up with the long sob story. Yo, the culture is dying. And it's up. <laughs> the culture is dying. And then they, <laughs> they, they'll, they'll motherfucking compliment you and diss you at the same time. Mm. Yo, I, you, man, I've been looking for you for a while, man. You do, you one of the greatest that ever did it, man. Yo, man, you know how many people I had to go through to get your number? And then I, you might go, all right, well, what you want to do? Well, you know, I want you to rhyme on this, so I want you to do this. And it'd be like, yo, all right, well, it's going to cost you this. Damn, man, shit. <laughs> you ain't really been doing nothing lately. Ah, uh, you see that? That's when that bullshit come out. Yeah, but she was looking for me for a reason. Looking for me, fucker. Yeah, they do that shit, oh. and it's like, yo, man, like go, go, go find your Fisher Price beats and go ahead with that, man. Cause I got some real dramatic, drawn out Quincy Jones shit. I don't kicks mm. and stands over a loop. Oh man. Yo, we uh, when we had Baby Paul on, we was ask we was asking him about this also. Has there been ever, I guess, like a person that you gave a track to, and you don't have to say specifically if you don't want to that you gave a track to, and they exceeded your expectations on that track, or they were underwhelming on the track where you was like, "Damn, I thought they was gonna do something better to it." Um, I got more exceeding stories than I got, you know, like when when Big took suicidal thoughts. Compared to what I heard with warning and all that other shit, I'm like, you want that? It's like, yo, I got an idea for that. Mm. And I ain't hear it until it came out. And I was like, damn, he really had a story for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could tell you is Jewels that I do did for OC's title track or Jewels. That beat was crazy. That shit was supposed to be an interlude on Awakening. Yeah, that's that. Mm. Crazy. That wasn't that wasn't a beat that I was looking to shop. It was just happening. I was playing some interludes and oh, was like, yo, what's that? I'm like, yo, it's an interlude I'm about to put on. Oh, hell no, man. That's, yo, bring yeah, it. That's crazy. So you do got stories that, like I said, where you'll do something and you wasn't expecting much. And, you know, the only beat is two beats that I knew for the life of me, just had that feeling. They still ring the same way. When I first did Hip to the Game, I knew Hip to the that, Game. That 
I, I just took that shit and go, this is mine. I don't got an idea <laughs> yet, but I'm keeping this shit. Mm. And the other joint was when I first did the message. If you listen to YouTube, I originally got vocals on the message before mm. Dre got it. Mm -hmm. So my, my vocals is on there and that hook is already there. So Dre just brought the beat with the hook was already there. Mm -hmm. So, but I knew that that beat was special. Even when I listened to it to this day, I go, man, that was some shit. Yeah. What about by you? Something that nobody was expecting. Mm -hmm. But you think your shit before anybody else, because sometimes you might be doing some 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 real incredible immortal shit that people just ain't ready for. Yeah. That, once again, I give a lot of credit because a lot of that shit he did for himself, nobody wouldn't have fucked with that. Who, who that? Kanye. Uh, oh. When he first did Flashing Lights, I thought he was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that shit right That's there. He went. That's a crazy beat. That? Oh, he's somewhere else with it. Flashing lights, lights. Yeah. But you know what it is? It's that the the, the risk. Oh, mm, the, the risk. risk. That's what makes him a genius. The 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 willingness to take that risk. Yeah. Mm. I mean, sometimes the risk is going to take you to another level, and sometimes the risk will just take you to the bottom. It did. Why they call it this? Because you really mm. risking, like. I love the earlier Kanye shit. I mean, some of the newer stuff. That nigga, that nigga was soulful back then. Yeah. I don't hear the new shit, you know? It's just the way I, I look. I ain't even fucking with that. that, that certain thing. Is I love Nas. Nas is going to go down as one of the greatest. But I'm more into the Nas of the first two albums because it was his mind state and the poetics of how he was putting it together lyrically. We just were right. talking about the fucking, he said the Perkin album was, was, was it the Nostradamus? He said he, that shit wasn't it. Yeah, that, that's to me, Nostradamus, I think, was like his fourth album. It was um, Illmatic. It was written. It, 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 I was, written, it, it was written. was the shit. Yeah, he did. I like it was written. Power. Right, Power. That's my, fa that's my favorite joint right there. When he Had was, a power shit. Jerome's knees shot in a dome piece dome on piece. From Jones, Beach. Jones Beach, yes, sir. come on, man. You don't put that together by osmosis. Yeah, yeah. Neither, neither one of y'all ever try ever try to work with him or did, did anything with him. Nah, my thing. I, I used to see him when when he was first when he was man. before he got signed. He used to be at Cool G Rap Crib all the time, just writing all the time, was writing, writing, writing and shit. You like fuck is this nigga? Like yo, this nigga gonna be the next shit. Yeah, yeah, he definitely a G Rap disciple. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, no question, no question. He he was there all the time, just writing. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes about like I said, we got to start doing music with substance, man. You got yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's more than trying to impress some some street dudes or, you know, when I listen to today's music, they keep going back to the classics because it got enough substance where they could put it in movies and different things. It still ring to this day. This crap shit, this drill shit, you can't put that shit in, in movies like that. Mm. Right. It ain't gonna last the test of time, man. Yeah. It ain't that type of music. Yeah. I mean, reasons why you could still put Black Rob Woe or fucking Black Sheep. Um, Shout out to Black Wow. 
Yeah. Fuck is a beast too. He killed that shit. Jesus Christ. But he still fuck with that song from Black Sheep, you know? Choice mm -hmm. to That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's you that's you hear that played in every arena. You hear that played every arena. You hear that at the circus, Ringling Brothers. You hear that at the hockey games. You hear that at baseball. You hear that graduations everywhere, son. I just it's like that though. They still fuck with shit. raw bass. It takes two. That's a it problem. takes two to make. It, it, yeah. it, it, it takes yeah. two. To, yeah. Yeah. Energy and the dynamics in those records that make them classic. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you though what bothered me about that though because those those records y'all I listen to those records and I I pray and I say like I hope that the artist actually got ownership of the records because the records are being licensed left and right and every time you turn around and show up in a movie or it's in a video game or whatever it is and those are like those are timeless records man that's never gonna go away but that's why it's so important for the artists to make those type of records now man because like. I just got a, a a song that I produced for a group placed, and I don't think I've seen a royalty check from from this fucking label. But they popped up to get half of that motherfucking forty thousand, though. <laughs> <laughs> See that shit? Yo, yo, finesse. Was you on and you heard IU's story about how uh, he went to Burpadel Bur to get his hundred thousand dollar check, and it was only fifty grand. Was you on for that part? Nah. <laughs> yeah. And because because you know Biz had to get half, but I didn't know that. Nobody explained that shit to me, so I'm he wasn't there when they cut me the check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I got back to Burt, I'm in there. We don't know the rules to this shit, man. Exactly. And they they bank off, and then when you finally smarten up, niggas say you're a problem because you're too smart. Right. <laughs> right. Niggas don't like you smart. They don't like you smart, yo. They can't. They won't keep you a dummy. They get mad, man, and it's like, and then you have to learn how to fight for what is yours. You know, mm. another thing right. that a lot of a lot of black artists are walking around here thinking they're broken. They're not broke. Mm. You got money, they just don't know how to get it. You got money, but boy, yeah. yo, you don't want to really look into that. We play that shit. We too cool, like. You know what? I ain't even gonna stress that. Yeah, they stress every coin. We the only ones that be fucked up saying we ain't stressing shit. Yeah, that's a crap. That's a jewel right there. That we we ain't worried about it. We act like we too we too not worried about shit, man. It's too cool for school. A, a industry lawyer and a and a litigator. Mm. Entertainment lawyers. Are there you go. You hear that? A litigator. Litigator, somebody that can talk shit for you, boy. Right. Like, what, what is is that you get an industry entertainment lawyer? Say, mm -hmm. I'm an entertainment lawyer, and you own this label, and IU owns Cold Chilling, and you up top, you own fucking Universal, and I got a good relationship with y'all. So now, when I got an artist that I deem that got some type of talent that I think y'all could fuck with, I sell y'all an artist. Mm. Yo, I got this artist. Yo, IU, you want... And let's say I, I take the artist to IU and IU signs the artist. The artist got signed because me and IU got a relationship. We got a, we got a rapport. Right. right. Now, what happens if IU and the artist get into beef 
and y'all can't come to no terms, you'll hear lawyers like, well, I'll call and see what we could work out and this, that, and the third. And But in truth of the matter is, is that you're going to have to work that shit out because I'm not fucking up my relationship with IU. Mm. How about that? Yeah, you on your own. That's what happens with a lot of artists until an artist get a litigator. A litigator don't give a fuck. You in the wrong, you got some money owed, we going to get that. Get it. Yeah. That is it. And sometimes it's not going to be an easy fight. It's not going to be something you get done in a month or two months. Sometimes that should take years because they want to wait you out. Mm -hmm. They want to see how how uh, adamant you is about getting your money. Mm. And, and shout, out to, shout out to De La Soul because they waited a long time, boy. Tell you, they'll, they'll, they'll throw the curveball on you. The curveball is is you'll stop chasing them, and then they got something called the uh, statute of limitations, usually mm -hmm. years. Mm. Or they say they can only go back seven years. Mm. So now all of the big money you was getting in the beginning is gone. Yeah, that's crazy. The scrap money. Mm -hmm. So that's I learned so much being in this game that it just made me just say, I want to be independent. I don't care about the big budgets. I don't care because a lot of headaches come with all that shit. Right. A lot of, and, and it's, it's easier for you to survive when you self-made versus when you made by the industry. That's, yeah. why, right. That's why a lot of underground artists still got fan bases, whether it's in Europe and it's in Japan and That's all when the industry make, if you give them the power to feed you, you also give them the power to starve. Oh, yeah. Yo, when you you was first signed to um to Wild Pitch, right? Yeah, my my first deal was shit. Yeah. First album was fire though. Yeah. Fire too. I ain't really had no budget. I ain't had no advance. That's why when wow. got me on Warner Brothers, man. I was a happy camper. He was like, "Look, man, if you feel, I could get you, I could get you a hundred and some thousand. And Stu Fine, lucky he let me out that deal. You'd have found Stu Fine some. You'd have found him somewhere. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell nobody from the hood. You got a hundred and some thousand for him. And this dude is talking about stopping you from getting that because that's what they do. They trade you like baseball cards. It's like." Yeah. Yo, okay, let us work out a deal. And they'll go to uh, a higher level like Warner Brothers and go, yo, I got so-and-so. And they'll get 200 or something crazy price for you that they ain't even put into you. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get to that label, you got to recoup your advance and what they and get. And that's yeah. yeah. So, man, I, I done hit every pothole in the road in the game, but the knowledge is the knowledge is immortal, and you know I don't care about getting down with no groups or nothing like that. I learned so much, even producing. I heard y'all talking about producing earlier, and I always thought, and I, you, and my crew could tell you, we always thought when a producer did it, they did everything by themselves. Mm. That's what I always thought. I'm in there with tape hey. on, trying to be Superman doing everything by myself and then I go in another nigga's session, they got a nigga doing the programming, another nigga on the key another 
And I'm like, what the fuck was I doing all this time? Yeah, shit's like an orchestra. Yeah, but that's how we that's how we came into it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, right. Got, do it, got you. Yeah, if, if you ain't manually do this shit, nigga, you know what I'm saying? Press it, then you ain't produce it. But when you when you get older or you go further down, you realize these niggas ain't producing shit. These mm -hmm. niggas is telling niggas you do this, you do that, and then now when it comes out, I you know what I'm saying? My name is on it. Right. Yeah. Well, and like I said, another OG taught me something. It's your approach to what you're trying to get. Like, um, let's say, uh, let's go with Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones, exactly. When he had a chance to work with Michael Jackson on Off the Wall and Thriller, he didn't take on a job by himself. He said, I'm going to get the best writers. I'm going to get the best musicians. And he mm -hmm. Came the master orchestra, orchestrator that put it all together. So Bill mm, right. is a producer. That's what I was talking about earlier. This piece, right? Like Puffy, right? I'm gonna get all these different things. Oh, I know him. He's the greatest writer, Raw Templeton. We gonna bring, right. yeah, we gonna bring this person, and he made that what it was by combining all those players to make that incredible team. That did <laughs> so that's right. a level of producing. Mm -hmm. That's that's when that's when you at the top of your game where you don't gotta do everything with really, motherfucking self like right. Come on, y'all do this. You know what I'm saying. So you I learned like I my partner is the player. You know I learned like I can't I can't play I can't play but I can chop I could program my programming skills is crazy. Mm. But once I got with somebody that could play and heard things that I didn't do even advance my my programming skills because he was taught teaching me different things with velocity when I was programming drums. Nope. Right. Where now it's me and him and we split it 50 50. And that's another thing that people are scared to do. They right. Right. credit. So I don't want somebody I got to give half to. But you're not understanding one is that you can do music more efficiently, more, more your workload is lighter. Mm -hmm. And having a player can venture you off into other genres that you yeah. open you up. Right, right. Yeah. So you got to know why you're into business with somebody. And it's the same thing musicians got to learn is this right here is <clears throat> me having a partner. He knows whatever we do, we get 50 50. So he's going to give me his best while I put my best into it. Mm -hmm. A lot like to get musicians and keyboards and bass players and you have to understand once this musician is on here and he's playing and you ask this person what you think and he plays something he now becomes a producer yeah, mm. yeah. because you're asking him to play something of what he thinks mm. right you're his opinion as opposed to instructing him play this Play these keys, play these chords. Right. No, you saying so what you hear on that? Mm -hmm. And then nah, person will orchestrate the whole shit and then they don't want to get a person no credit, no publishing. Yeah, it's crazy. But these are all types of things that I learned in the business. And like I said, when you know this type of knowledge, they don't want a person like me around these young cats. 
I can mm-hmm. fuck him the way I want if he's hanging with Ness. Right. Yeah. Yo, I, I always, I always felt there was a clear distinction between a producer and a beat maker. To me, a beat maker is a dude who will make beats and they'll email beats to people and stuff like that. I've always believed that a producer is somebody who's going to do the coaching and help people around process. and really yeah. work with people around like the development of the song and say to people like, oh, maybe you need a bridge or maybe you need to consider this or what's your hook or it needs a different hook. But I think that we had got to a point in hip hop where dudes was doing a lot of just beat selling. Like, oh, I'm in demand. Here's a beat. Here's a beat. Here's a beat. And you could tell because the quality of people, like you were saying with Kanye, the quality that worked earlier is far better than some of their later work. Now, I think that to me where I con- Kanye kind of lost me and a lot of people keep telling me, yo, go back and listen to it and I'll appreciate it. To me, the Yeezus album that he did, sonically, it just it didn't resonate with me. And maybe it didn't resonate with me because I was so used to Kanye doing stuff that was sample heavy and soulful and chopped up and everything. And it was a lot of electric guitars and just different shit that wasn't for me on Which that Yeezus Jesus? album. With, the, with the, uh, the Paul McCartney? Yeezus is the joint where he had I Am A God on it. And it was just like the whoever mastered it, like you could just be sitting in the car and one minute... The, the sound just go blaring and I guess that was the effect that he was going for on the album but what I'm trying to say is that you look at Kanye now and Kanye essentially is a conductor and as yeah. a symphony he's an orchestra he got all these different people in the lab yeah saying alright this is what I want or people coming to him with bare bones production and him he look at it and he say alright this is what I want to do this is how I want to tweak it right. and the trade off is that part of being able to say like you know what like I had the opportunity to collaborate with Kanye, and as a result of collaborating with Kanye, it opens the door for me to get other opportunities. What people don't realize is that, yo, breaking down 50-50 and half of something is better than have 100% of nothing. Right. If you can't get nothing off, but you're the sole owner of it, it means absolutely nothing. But if you're in demand and you got a partner and you're moving all these records and you're producing all this stuff and doing all these tracks and you're in demand different genres and everything, that's a win. I mean, That's a win-win. A quiet genius for me, and I call him a quiet genius because he he makes massive hits, and I don't think he get enough credit. He does get credit, but not at the level of Kanye. And that's Pharrell. Yeah, he's How about that. Pharrell's yeah. brilliant too. Yeah. You know, when I when I trip on some of the records, I go, "He did that." Oh, mm-hmm. you know that baby face shit he did. Um, yeah, Pharrell, Pharrell's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you could listen to Happy Alone and go, damn. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. he, he tripped me out with that one. But I said, but that's him. He's eclectic like that. He will he will do something off the wall to have you think, like, really? You went there? I'm, but I like it. Yo, I'm going to tell you what I appreciate about Pharrell. No? What I, what I appreciate about Pharrell is, to me, Pharrell got a lot of the same qualities of a dude like RZA. They make music. They, to me, it's like they don't sit down and mathematically think about this has to be here, this is how this has to be, and this, that. And yes, it's a science to it, but I think the flip side of it for them is just like organic, it's a feel. Oh, this sounds good. This is, this is what I'm going to do kind of thing. And that's where, to me, like there's brilliance. You said the, math, the word, yeah, you said organic. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the most incredible shit come from it organically happening. It, right. Like, we got to make a radio joint. We got to do this. Right. We got to right. do that. It's just like, it feels good. Like, I'm, you know, I don't try like, 
with musicians, I ain't trying to get shit perfectly key. That shit feel good. It is good. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because music is a feel, man. I mean, when I listen to R&B and Neo Soul, when I'm listening to those chords and I'm watching the chords go different ways and I go, God damn, man. Because to me with R&B, when I'm sitting with my musicians, if I could predict where the chords are going, I don't like it. Mm. I've heard it before. Okay. But if you start hitting keys that's just wild and I'm going, God damn. You know, that's that's the magic of R&B for me because R&B always made you feel good, man. It wasn't about all this auto-tune shit and... I hate that. <laughs> they soul, man. I hate that shit, yo. And fire, fucking Ramsey Lewis, Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. I'm used to some shit that I can't... I can't listen to this and call this genius. Right. Mm. right. <laughs> Yeah, you guys got music for days. Your whole team, man. Dig, listening to digging anything, digging in the crates, make. I'm being that I'm from the Bronx. I just bought it to fuck it. These guys is a genius. The way they make music, and the way they push it out, you're not gonna hear it nowhere else. But that, and that 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 just, that just goes to when, the way y'all pick records. When Cold Chilling came out, we felt the same way. Anything mm-hmm. that was on Cold Chilling and Prism. Oh, they, that was an instant five dollars. Like, yo, niggas don't know about Prism. That's Prism, <laughs> yes, sir. You get uh, uh, that was the fly tie stash house. The bid. That's what yeah, you get. Yeah. Raw. That's yeah. all. That's right. Prism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Prism. Yeah. You know, that's a fact. To cold chilling, but at that point, they could do no wrong when you fucking G rap poison on Prism. Boy, yeah. Nah, that, that, was that was on culture. Fucking, it's a demo? Yeah. <laughs> From yours? Yes, yes. And, and, and um, what was on the flip side of that shit? Because I'm fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell yeah. me nothing about Cold Chillin'. Fucking Rikers Island. Rikers Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my favorite album of G-Rap. I'll always be wanted dead or alive. That album is fucking mm-hmm. genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Talk like sex. Talk like sex is my shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna talk like sex. Yeah. Like, man, I mean, that's where we come from. We come from an era of such diversity. We, mm. uh, and this is the main thing. We come from an era of limitation. And that's why you got so many geniuses because everything was limited from the drum machines to the sampling time, bit rate. Right. So you had to be resourceful. So every time we got to a point where we couldn't do something, we had to think it out. How are we going to make this work? And you listen to all those albums from Tribe Called Quest, The Gangstar, all the world of limitation and incredible shit that we were doing more with less. Yeah. Now it hurts because we can people do less with more. Yeah. Everything is pushed by, and I'm saying everything is just automatic templates for a motherfucker. Man, Yo. you, had, you had to dig, just just digging for samples was hours and hours and hours. I'm saying, mm-hmm. time like a motherfucker. Now they got sample packs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh, well, that shit, that's handicapping them. And um, well, think of 
Think about right. the, um with, with with everything being digital now. Like a lot of people don't realize you. I step back and I appreciate hearing like the snaps and crackles in the records when people was actually sampling. Hearing that right. added another element to the actual song. Popcorn, the fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. That shit was an instrument. Just, just, just the soulfulness of the sample. Like there ain't no soul in music right now, man. None. But that's look at it, and if you know producers from. Mm -hmm. Era should be more than excited to do music in this era because yes, sir. And we got stuff that they can't do. Stop mm. what they do. I tell niggas all the time. You never had fucking Al Green worried about new edition. Like let them niggas go. Do what they <laughs> you know, you do what you do. Al Green said, "I need you to make me one of them can't." That's a fact. Happiness and all that shit already. <laughs> yo, I'm just yo, Ness. Ness, what can you share with us that you're working on, good bro? Oh man, well, what ain't you working on, huh? <laughs> it's for me. It's so much, man. Between me traveling, between me DJing, between me producing, between me trying to get these two labels off the ground because I would love to work with the artists from my era because I know what Thank you give them. And right. Just giving them music because I could give them music. It's giving them music that the greatest the greatest gratification is to blow somebody up that everybody was shitting on. Mm. Mm. You know, it's easy to work with a nigga that's already gold and plot. Yeah. But you show how great you are when you could take an artist that nobody's fucking with and make them hot. That's where right. that's where the money is at. Right. You know, and I think what we talked about before, ownership is very important. You know, y'all don't know in 35 years, there's so much shit I could break down. In 35 years, the rights to your records revert back to you. So you're going to own that. But in the meantime, you should be creating, you should be creating a catalog that's dope. So right. when they put it in a movie or they put it in something, you own 100% of that. Not right. do you own the music, but you own the master. And when, here. You got something that talks for you when you're no longer here. You got something that your family could eat off of that mm -hmm. you put in, which is the music. Because if the music is great, your family will be able to eat off of that forever. I don't get cars with them shits is flying. If that music is is dope, they want you fucking with that record. Sometime, like when I did the Awakening, the Awakening, I did that shit. I was in the zone. I felt great about it, but. Unfortunately, that's not what the industry was feeling at that time. Mm. And it grew on people later. Now people saying, yo, man. It's a great project. That shit was a fucking classic. Yeah. Hey, look, man, whatever I do now, I hope it don't take motherfucking 15, 20 years for y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> that. You know? Yeah. Niggas work hard. And like y'all was saying early, hey, yo, we need to do this. And, and yo, y'all should do this again. And and then when you do it, they sit there and go, oh, that can't. I'll wait for the next one. Yeah, they don't support it. It's just like they don't know how to live in the moment no more. 
Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Nigga, this old the, now, man. If I DJ somewhere, if I'm on Twitch and I'm rocking, they go, yo, all right, you was rocking on Twitch. Are you going to record it? No, motherfucker, catch it while I'm doing it. What the fuck you mean? Am I- <laughs> <laughs> niggas be having... Niggas is lazy, life. man. It's, it's niggas life, nigga. You know, they don't, they don't take it as serious as, as we take it. Mm-hmm. But, man, that, that, can't, that can't discourage you. You got to keep moving forward, man. I always tell people, man, your best days are ahead of you. And if you don't believe your best days are ahead of you, then what do you believe? Fuck that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And if you can't pass the bad shit that happens, you can't get past the bad shit that happened to you in the game. You defeat it. Quit. Already. Already. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. It's soft story all day. You know, they... You know, when I was at this label, they fucked me over. And when I did this, they took this from me. And they and I'm going to listen to the whole shit, and then I'm going to hit you with that one question. So what, what you, you doing now? Mm-hmm. Right. And if you can't tell me how you plan to do something about it, we don't even need to talk no more. Because all you want is sympathy. You ain't looking to make no waves. You ain't really looking to move forward. Yeah. Nah, yeah. you got to fight for everything, especially if you underground. I've been underground my whole career. Do I regret anything? Nah. Is it things I wish I did a little bit different? Hold up. Right. No, the question is, would you trade your career for a young jock career? Right? That was the question. That was the question. That was the question. That was the question. Young Jack got that record. That record had to go platinum. God only knows how many times over. Nah, because I always want to be. I always want to be loved as an artist. Right. Integrity. When when whenever the clock is punched, I know when you talk about me and what I brought to the game, is way more. Impactful. That's right. Impactful than a quick hit record. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. You know. Right. And and that's what I look at the game right now, man. We got to still contribute. You can't tear a ACL in music. You know. That's mm-hmm. a fact. Yes. You can't tear. Yo, you got. No. There's so many jewels that fe- the finesse dropped in here. Yo, <laughs> yo. Go back and read this, man. Yo. On some on some real shit though, like one of the things that frustrates me about what's going on in the industry now is that the money that's there now, man, I look at like the like the the artists from the eighties and the nineties, and I'm like, yo, why couldn't they have been able to capitalize on this money? The way to capitalize now, like it's global and the whole they figured out different ways to monetize the music and everything. But it's just so unfortunate when you look back and you look at all of the great creatives of our time. You know, not being able to to reap the benefits of somebody who could literally a six nine could come out and put out records that's trash, make all this money, do all these shows, and get all this bread and everything. But you got people who are staples in hip hop, pure artists, right. creators, and everything that they still like. Damn, like you know how you call it, like yo, I potentially either I gotta work a regular job or you know I'm living from check to check whatever it is like that to me is just we we got to figure out how do we do that's something that's the same thing with the wow. NBA think about Dr. J mhm how much he got yeah. 5000 yeah. yeah yo we we 
we talked about before. I think Dominique, Girl, Dominique it. Wilkins' career earnings. Dominique Wilkins' right. career earnings was probably like $25, $30 million. But then you have other people who get $30 million for, for one season, year. Bro. For one fucking season. Well, you got to always look at yourself as you, you, you the beginning blueprint. And when you the beginning blueprint, when you first at something, you're going to be first at something. And it's going to be great that you first at something. But a lot of people could look at your mistakes and improve on it, and that's how they advance in the game. Because mm -hmm. we looked at the Melly Mouse and the Grandmaster Cas and Kumo D's, and then it went to the Rakims and the Karis Ones and the Ice Cubes, and you watched how the game evolved. And more importantly, you watched how it evolved from a financial standpoint, and now you're right. at the point where you could get that type of money. But with right. now, you would have never back that money. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's a shame. I mean, when I look at a lot of things that artists go through, you know, I can, like I said, I could drop jewels on music all day. But streaming is illegal. Yeah. Streaming is illegal. Because when artists got in the game, I know when I got in the game, the only platforms we had was vinyl cassettes and CDs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now when your lawyer goes in to work your contract and negotiate for the, the nice points and everything on cassette vinyl, he can mm -hmm. negotiate on the platforms that are there. Wow. Yeah. At the time, it was cassettes, vinyl, and CD. That's all mm -hmm. the lawyer could go talk about. He can't say, well, in the future, y'all gonna come up with the internet, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, right. and I'm gonna. So yeah. now the industry finds a way to get new money, mm. and they take it, and they go with Congress. They go to Congress with them and the streaming people, not them, the streaming, not people, the artists, and the artists, just them and the streaming people, and they work out a deal. Right. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, well, we'll throw the artist something. Come on, every stream you get, you get a, a fraction of a penny. Y'all really think that? Yeah. Salute to Kid Capri, the legend in the house. Ah, uh, brother Kid. Kid Capri, what up, my brother? Yeah. Super legend. Caucasian persuasion. Yeah. The black, the yeah. Old Right, because there was no there was no mechanism back in the days in the contract to be able to count royalties as it relates to streaming. So right. got this exists and billions and they, they hand in like you know, you hear people I look at people, they say, Yo man, but streaming, you can make money off of streaming and I'm looking like, man, you don't even know what's going on if you telling me you can make money off of streaming. Right. You don't even need to talk because you don't know what you're talking about. And right. the, the, uh, a lot of things is a lot of artists don't research on what they're trying to get into. They take titles, they take what's out there, and they run with it, but half that shit be all fucked up. Mm. You know, streaming, you fuck around, do a couple of million streams, and they give you a check for maybe a thousand. <laughs> I think that's be mad at them, yeah. Highway robbery, son. Highway robbery. Yeah. You know, it's it's so crazy. But, but they made they made that deal on behalf of the artists without the artists having nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they come back to you and say, "Yo, this is what you get. Take it or leave it." 
That's why that's why certain artists took their shit off of all the fucking streaming platforms. You know what I'm saying? Kelly Clarkson or whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? I think I think Kanye did that shit too, but nigga, if you a regular a regular nigga from the street, you can't afford to do that. Mm. And they know that. Niggas, you need to learn own your masters. First of all, I think when you say that it's easier said than done. Yes. You know, if I break down how the industry go, you would you you ain't that advanced to own your masters. It just don't work that way. When a label, let's I'm break it down for you real quick and I'm gonna get off. When a label gave you a deal back in the days, so I'm I'm just doing this by numbers to make it go quick. Okay, they mm -hmm. gave you a Thousand. They gave you a hundred thousand to do an album. They might have gave you thirty thousand in advance to put in your pocket. The other right. thousand was used to record your album. So that was used for producers, features, sample clearance, whatever it does takes to do your album. That's what the seventy was for. Right now, you might have got. Let's say, let's say, I'm, and I'm being very generous with the points. Let's say you got eight points. So you got eight points from, uh, let's say, $10, eight points. That's what, 80 cents? 80 cents, yeah. You know, and that you only get three-quarter statutory rate of the 80 cents. So really, wow. it's 60 cents, right? Okay. So now, when it's time for it's you to recoup that album and you have to recoup, Every album you sell, you get sixty cents. That sixty cents is held up against the hundred thousand that they gave you. They gonna tell you get that sixty cents. That sixty cents. Don't worry about our nine forty that we get. Or, <laughs> you know, if it's retail price, retail price is eight dollars. You get sixty cents. They get seven dollars and forty. So now you out there and you trying to recoup. An album with just sixty cents, while they get seven dollars and forty cents a record. Now, if you add videos, if you add promotion, that adds on to the hundred thousand. See the hundred thousand, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, if promo copies all that shit, by some miracle, you make enough to recoup. Mm. You could recoup the album. But you're not going to get the masters. Mm. So when you look at it, a hundred thousand was used to make an album that's now on masters. Seventy thousand is on the on the masters. Mm. So now, if you recoup the hundred thousand, shouldn't you keep what you recoup? Right, my damn masters. Yeah. So <laughs> if you recoup the hundred thousand, you should own the videos. You should own the masters. You should own everything. You pay you know, for everything. it because now you pay right. for it. Right. Right. If you own that, then you should be only recouping thirty thousand. That's what you actually got. Yeah. That's what you actually could. So when people talk like, "Yo, man, you should do this," you should. In order for you to know, you gotta be there. You gotta be in the midst of it. You hear a lot of people on the sideline. You should have dunked that, nigga. But you ain't in the game. Yes, son. My ankles is tough. My ankles is tight right now. I can't jump. Who get the rest of the quarters? Kids say on his. There you go. Kids say on his. It's it's loan shocking on a, on a such a high level, but you know, and it's something that we should know by now. But they they keep giving you money. They give you money so you don't want to know nothing.
Right. Um, right. And the, the, whoever owns the masses, that's half of the that's half of the shit right right in there. So it's like it's now now back now you don't recoup the album. They still got the masters. Now let's say ten years later, they want to put that song in a movie. Mm -hmm. They want to give you seventy thousand for it. Thirty five thousand goes towards the master, and thirty other thousand towards the. They don't know that that's the mat. The the master rights is half of everything, straight up the top. So if you recouped it, why don't you? You should get, why don't own you, it. Get it back. Two thousand two. Yeah. Right. So Great. makes perfect sense. Like it's 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 a mean game that we playing, and that's why you should do your shit and and know what you're getting into. Stop just getting in the game because it looked good, man. Please, man, learn. Yeah. Uh, yo, IU, your daughter said, tell these people you got to go so I can FaceTime you. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> baby girl want to chat with Pops, man. All right, baby girl. We letting daddy go, son. Yeah. Yo, I thank so both you brothers, though, for, for coming up and dropping the news on. This conversation, yo, we, been, we have this conversation with a lot of different people that come on the podcast. And different artists come on and they tell us about their experience. And I always tell people, like, you know, break it down. Break it down to the simplest form because there's a lot of conversation around this topic right now in the industry, especially, I guess, like the stuff with Mace now coming out saying that um, Puffy um, owes him for the publishing and things like that. But I don't think people have a real clear understanding of how all this stuff works on a very basic level. So anytime I think that we have an opportunity to have a conversation where we could get it at bare bones from soup to nuts, I appreciate it. Well, what's what's deep about that? I'll comment on the Mace thing. That's that's deep about it. It's like if you getting in the game and you don't know nothing from nothing, and I'm willing to give you a couple hundred thousand for your publishing. No, gonna do it. You gonna do that shit? I know how incredible your album is, and when I put my power behind it, it's gonna sell these numbers. Mm. So. You looking at the, the money in advance. You're not looking long range. Mm. You know? And it still works half and half because maybe if I don't sell you my publishing, you ain't going to push it as much. Yeah. So right. it works. The dynamic works two ways. So when, you know, the Locks and Biggie, he was buying up all their publishing. Mm -hmm. He know they were strapped for cash. Yeah. I'm going to give y'all this. But I know what I'm about, how I'm about to push this shit. When you hear the Benjamins and, uh, you know, when you hear all that shit, Craig Mack. That's why he, that's why he dancing and shit and all the fucking videos and all that shit. <laughs> yo, what, yo, I want to I, I go back. I want to go back for a second, though, for something, something you had said earlier, though, Finesse, when you were saying, like, you know, people, it almost comes down to do people believe in themselves also. So a part of me makes me think that if, you know, if you catch somebody and that they're, they're vulnerable, and they don't they don't realize their potential, but you look and you're like, oh, shit, I'm sitting on a gold mine. You know, when does it become a point where we step back and we be like, you know what, I believe in my potential. I know, I know what I'm going to be. Or is it just about not understanding the business, and as a result of not understanding the business and the money put in front of your face, you sign off on it? Well, a lot of, a lot of artists and people are so psychologically broke down and beat up by the game that mm -hmm. that believes in them is just 
you know, take what's given to him. Like I'm gonna take. I'm. I'm just happy you believe in me. Right. Right. Well, right. New value. They wouldn't be selling beats for fucking fifty dollars. <laughs> you see that shit? Yo, not for nothing. I seen I seen some notable producers have this shit for like fifteen, thirty, fifty dollars. Like nigga, are you fucking the fuck are you doing? Like nigga, you produce for fifty cent. You produce for this one and that one. Like, what? But desperation, desperation make, nigga, make you do some desperate things, man, when you're desperate for real. Yeah. Nigga, after you go get that dinner, you know, you're going to feel different when that shit playing on the radio all over the world and you just thinking all you got with that motherfucking $50 was dinner. And right. And <laughs> family for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Got to come back and negotiate. Yeah. It's over. It's over you. Yeah. Nah, that... Yo, that's what that's what I'm saying though. Like you, you sign a deal, you get a hundred thousand, you get two hundred thousand dollars. In that moment, that hundred thousand or that two hundred thousand feel really good. But then years go by and you start doing the math, and you like, yeah. wait a minute, I got two hundred thousand. This shit generated two million. And then that's when I think the shift comes in, and people start saying like, nah, the paperwork wasn't right. The business element need to be better, and things like that. But it really go back to again, like, can you kind of? Hold, you know, hold tight. It makes me think about like when you start thinking about sports. You had the dude from um that was on um, Washington, Kirk Cousins, that kept betting on himself. Like, nah, I ain't signing on a long term deal. And then when the dude finally got a deal, he ended up getting like he a bum and got like forty million a season or something like that on the strength of betting what? on himself. People could say what one about LeBron. It's the same thing. He bet on himself all the time. He been taking them short four year deals, three year deals. I'm gonna take this deal. But to bank on yourself, he got to keep himself in shape. He got to stay injury-free. It's mm-hmm. right. a lot of responsibility and accountability and not taking long-term deals. And a lot of a lot of players just want that comfortability, like, yo, I might get injured next year. I'm going to take all this money now. And then, you know, not for nothing, that money affects them because they don't play the same no more. It ain't the same hunger. Hey, I got my hundred million. You got motherfucking this Simon, the Simmons dude. Look, I ain't coming in. Ben Simmons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Julius Randle. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Feel right. I don't feel. But when you got that money, you could do that. So mm-hmm. you just gotta believe in yourself. And when you betting in yourself, that's. That's the ultimate goal, man. Nobody's going to see your vision. Sometimes the shit you see is going to be over people's head, man. Sometimes people are in the motherfucking business for the wrong things. Sometimes you're going to have to leave some of your friends, man, because they don't get it, man. Y'all could sit outside the motherfucking skyscraper building and and they go, yo, so when we get in there, we're going to go to the to the penthouse where the real money is being made up at. Yeah, we're going to go to the penthouse. And they get in the building, and the lobby, they got bars and, and liquor, <laughs> bitches, and yo, Ness, we don't need to go to the penthouse. This shit- <laughs> Everything right here. <laughs> and you got to ask yourself, are you going to go in that elevator? Because they, they want to hang out in the lobby. 
Mm. You know, you're going to have to get in that elevator by yourself. And some of the greatest, the greatest battles and the greatest decisions in your life, you're going to have to make on your own. And if you ain't ready to do that, quit now. Don't waste nobody's time. Facts. Talk about it. Talk about it, Yo, bro. so yeah. I want to th thank yeah. both of you. I want to thank Granddaddy IU for signing on, agreeing to do the interview. Yeah, thank yeah. Lord Finesse. For, um, for, ch for chiming in, man. Oh, nigga. I'm a, yo, Bronx, Union Ave. I know Finesse, originally from Forest, so you, you know how we give it up. Yeah. Bronx all day. Salute. Thanks yeah, for that. I think it's from the Bronx. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir, son. We're from the Bronx, man. Bronx all, yo, Bronx. Yeah, right. <laughs> my whole my whole My whole father's side is from Forest, man. Oh. 765, B. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes, sir. The Browder family, man. Shout out to the Browder family. Yeah, so, you know, we, we had Funky Technician, Return of the Funky Man. We had all that in the deck, banging it. So, appreciate you, brothers. It was the first thing with, with the uh, Little Richard drums that I heard. <laughs> <laughs> right? He produced uh, Yes, You May Remix along with um, who? T-Ray. T-Ray is the same dude that produced. Is she cutting in and out? Cut out. He produced what? In and out, nigga. We lost your audio for now. All right, we got you. We got you. He produced. Uh, I just jumped in. I just cut. I cut the car on. Um, no, T-Ray did that. T-Ray is the one who did uh double X posse. I ain't gonna be able to do. It. I ain't gonna be able to do it. Do it. Do it. Wow. It goes right there. Yeah. 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 That was classic right there. And, and truth what? be told, he was trying to get at the Bismarck. That just ain't never make it to Bismarck. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So wait a minute. So he, you said he did Yes You May. He did the Yes Yes You May. The one well, with um, me and Big L. Oh, the, oh, that was fire. Yeah. That was fire. Okay. All right. Fire. The, the joint that to me that, that got um, Buckwild lit too was, um you know, this shit is real. So don't front, Jack. After yeah. that, everybody... Buck Beats is crazy. Man, Buck okay. is so much incredible shit. I know people know him for Got a Story to Tell, Whoa, but I don't think they understand Master IC. They don't crazy. understand, yeah. you know, you know this shit is real. They, mm -hmm. they don't understand. He done did so much stuff, and I always tell people when they talk about crews, I tell niggas in a minute, my crew is one of the greatest crews out. Not that's just ever, because ever, ever, son. Not just because that. from a lyrical standpoint, but from a the production beef. standpoint, when you look yeah. at show, when you look at Diamond, you look at me, you look at Buck, you know, it's, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot it's of impeccable. talent there. You know? Impeccable pool, And then we ain't going to talk about the, the tree that was spawned from that when you look at Terror Squad, when you look at the Harlem, the Harlem movement, all that mm -hmm. that came from from the foundation, you know. Shout to legions, man, legions. Yeah. Um, Dreads. You gotta talk. So about, many y'all. Uh, even, even 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 the young boy David Bars, man. I love that, that kid. Baby. Nice, yo. Bars that nigga is nice, yo. David it's a problem, man. I was the first artist that Premier worked with outside of Guru. And people mm. still don't know. Premier produced strictly for the ladies. People still don't know that part, you know? Yeah, yeah. I ain't even know that. Yeah, that was the first beat that he did outside Gangstar. That wow. big Holden. 
Mm. Yeah, so. He did. He did Returning Funky Man too, right? On the second album. He did the um, nah. Show did Returning Funky Man. Premier okay. did the scratches on the remix. That uh, that also introduced him to D and D. That was Premier's mm. first session in D and D. And then that became his home, basically. He bought it. A lot of history, brother. That nigga yeah. bought that shit. Back. <laughs> A lot of history. My nigga so, for that. Wait. So again, y'all appreciate both you brothers for pulling up. Thanks for everybody for tuning in to the No Ideas Original Podcast. Kid Capri, yo, we got we need you next, Kid Capri. We gotta have a yo, conversation. Yo, 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 Pooch, I'm gonna call you and call you in a minute, yo. <laughs> he went back to the old name, he said Pooch. <laughs> uh, That's my nigga. Yo, peace everybody. Have a good night. Yo, peace to you. One love. Salute.